friends, loved ones, beloved listeners. You are listening to the, at least numerically, 200th episode of the Boy Howdy Podcast. I'm Annie. It's our spectacular spectacular. Uh, <laughs> I'm Bill. Bill. <laughs> um, we, we're, we're recording, uh, we're broadcasting over YouTube today. So, of course, I just had my first little hiccup where I didn't hear Annie there for a second. So we're already <laughs> off to a great start for our 200th episode. <laughs> um, it's real good. <laughs> uh, we're trying to figure out how to talk about anything but fallout and annie's only played assassin's creed this week so we have nothing to talk about our 200th episode way to set us up to win here my friend that's well, real good the good expectations energy. enough then all we can do is rise it's all you know, we just start off at the bottom <laughs> rung and we can only go up from here man so i always get excited regardless of what the game is i always get really jazzed around like right before like the big release game of the year even if i'm not like totally into that game but it's always cool to sure. see everyone else get excited and everything like that and that's what's happening sure. now we're like i mean i'm super jazzed because it's fallout but it's just like this is it this is the epicenter this is the gaming event of the year this is it this is the week um mm-hmm. of course we're talking yeah, about everybody's uh tomb raider <laughs> poor tomb raider what's what really sad is that they, announced, they really... had six months to change the date off just move it up or bump it out uh, bump it back a week come on it's it's just so funny because I've been in such a mood to play a new Tomb Raider game. Yeah. Like, replaying Uncharted, I was like, man, I really want to do, like, well, play an exploration-y sort of game. Yeah, especially with Uncharted Bad getting timing. bumped back the next spring. They they could have... What are they thinking? Um, well, you could, you could say abstractly that the audience for Fallout and the audience for Tomb Raider are not necessarily the same, but well, it's then, not like it's Fallout versus Madden. Like, it's not that Yeah, I different. know. It's not that quite, like, yeah, exactly. And Tomb Raider said, yeah. And it's funny, too, because, like, I've got, like, a subscription to Entertainment Weekly, and their thing of, their pick of the game of the week is Tomb Raider. And you know they only <laughs> picked that because Microsoft threw money at them, because why in the world would you pick Tomb Raider? Not to say there's anything wrong with Tomb Raider, but that is not, like, the game of the week that everyone's excited about well Granted, you know, not it's everyone like in the world's excited about it but if you look at the two in the face of them when it's like which is the most accessible game yeah it's the, definitely the, tomb raider of the franchise that normal people have heard about that i guess the entertainment weekly audience would know about but still there's been a couple things now, we've seen on websites and stuff where it's a little suspicious where i'm like i don't think that's the game that everyone's getting wound up about i kind of wonder if you know i don't know I, I, I don't know. I feel like they're, it, it's a per, it, to the sort of person who's like, um, let me start with that again. I love Fallout. Fallout is dense. It is dense. It is dense. As shit. It is not necessarily super accessible. I can totally see, like, most people being like, here's yeah. a Tomb Raider. Tomb Ra- here's $5. Go have yourself a Tomb Raider. That sounds like I've a good I've seen time. some people talk about how they're actually kind of surprised that there hasn't been as much marketing or excitement from people online about Fallout 4 compared to, like, Skyrim. And, huh. which, I don't remember. I don't know. It's, I've been kind of going out of my way to avoid Fallout 4 talks. So I don't know anything about that, but I'm kind of interested. I don't know. Everyone I know seems to be excited about Fallout 4. But then again... Like who you're talking about, um, but which is funny because I haven't I've looked, been I haven't seen any of the trailers or anything like that, so I don't know like if they've been broadcasting oh, really? a lot of commercials on TV or anything like that. When they I saw the announcement trailer at E3, never went back to watch it. So I still, other than it looking like it has the same gameplay from Fallout Three that the, you know they showed in that first trailer, 
I have not followed anything about this game at all. So if there's been any kind of crazy gameplay developments that have been announced since then, I don't know anything about it. Um, oh, it looks exactly like a Fallout game. Like the, it looks like a prettier Fallout game, which I'm fine with. Yeah. That's all I really need. In fact, the only thing I totally forgot that you could actually choose the gender of your person that you're playing as this time because, uh, and that's you, only because you could on last Reddit. Time. Yeah, Reddit there was. Could you choose a lady? I can't even remember. Every every Fallout game, you can choose your gender. Oh, okay. Does that impact? Does that ever get Bill, to mention? Bill D Bomb. D Bomb was a girl. How did you not? D Bomb is Deborah. Wait, have you not what seen the, the hell Fallout are you talking about? Have you not seen the Fallout Three Monster Factory? I guess not. Shame on you! If it's you not too pod- can damn this podcast right now. <laughs> so what? What kind of creature did they make for Fallout Three? No, it, it's not interesting. It's just it, or it's really? not interesting for us to talk about. I don't know all how of you much listeners at home pause and go watch. Characters like Bethesda characters are always gruesome, and but I'm kind of wondering how gruesome you can get with a character creator because, huh? I mean, they got really rough with uh, Elder Scrolls. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Uh, was anyway, Elder Scrolls, um, was, that, uh, was, that, was that Banana Dan? There was Toucan Dan, uh, and there's uh, Daiquiri Larry or whatever. Welcome We're to our McElroy Corner. Fuck it. <laughs> We're not talking about anything <laughs> interesting right now. Um, Monster Factory. So, yes, Go you, Google Monster Factory. It's fucking hilarious. You've always been able to play either gender in a Fallout game. I don't remember that. It's weird because I... Th- hmm. Did I play as a it's, dude it's, in Fallout 3? I can't remember. I vaguely remember you telling me that you played... I mean, to be fair, your character was so, like, yeah. who gives a shit? I wonder like, if Fallout you... doesn't... But are we really that laggy? Do we need uh, to stop and do a... Uh-uh. Uh, uh, uh. uh. I love you. You still there? <sighs> yes. Do we, Are we that laggy? Do we need to stop and restart and for me to check our technical connections here? Okay, we should be okay. I Now we're okay. 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 <laughs> okay, let's just test one last time. Okay. Three, two, one. Oh, wow. We're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> let's just keep on talking i'll worry about that in editing later um okay okay but anyway, you've you've always been able to play either gender whatever race you want uh but the, i think the argument is is that who your character is has been less of a big deal in a fallout game because yeah. you never you don't really get to see them the third person camera is always kind of like a tacked on thing whereas here it's like with your character being voiced and having these looks like oh, more inter- yeah, uh, your character is robust. voiced in this game Boy, I've, I've just opened all sorts of stores for you. Yeah, you're, uh, so... Who are the voices? Uh, I, it's voice actor A and voice Oh, actor nobody B, you're excited about or anything like that? Okay, it's not like it's, Ashley Birch and... I haven't looked into it. Actually, it's it should just, just be you know. Ashley and Anthony Birch. God. And all the, all uh, the side but, characters should be Papa Birch. <laughs> hey, what the, are you the best part of the character creation that uh, I'm most excited about is the conceit of the character creation. Is that it's... Because uh, at the beginning of the game you play, there's a husband and wife and a child yeah. be, when the bombs fall. And you play the husband and the wife getting ready in the morning in front of the bathroom mirror. Oh, that's and right, yeah. They kind of elbow each other out of the way. and So you can actually create them both at the same time and then decide which one you want to play. Huh, okay. So you can create like a super uggo husband and super hot wife. And then yeah, decide Foley later. I, yeah. I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this husband and wife dynamic <laughs> of my characters. If the ga- I have put so much thought and effort into the backstory of my Fallout character. If, if the game undoes it all, I'm going to be real sad. <laughs> um, Can you decide like on the stats and everything for both characters too? Can you create like a really stupid husband that you're trying to save? While you're playing as, like, the super smart wife? 
this is all pure just character creation, just like visual. And then I'm sure you pick whichever one you want, and then you go into the special screen. So who's you? So like, what's your background that you're coming up with your character already? My like, character's name is Rosa Estevez. Uh, she was born and raised in El Paso, Texas, where she lives with her family. Geez. I could go on and on and on. She meets uh, Frank Green, who's a, 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 a structural engineer. And that's the name and of the husband? And, yeah. Isn't she like a science fiction author or something you said to me? I can go. This is not interesting. This is not interesting. This is very interesting interesting to me as a person. Maybe podcast talk. It's not that interesting, but I am interested as a friend. That is I have decided that, yeah, Rosa Estevez writes under a pseudonym the Grognak the Barbarian comics in the Fallout universe, and that she has a transparent self insert character who's a Red Sonya type. Yeah. And yeah, it's I could go, keep going, but it's not interesting, and I don't want to talk about it. Eddie, so I've decided my character. My character's name. His name is going to be Mike Lane. And after the apocalypse, he's decided to try to get the other kings of Tampa together, and they're going to try to make it to the stripper convention in Boston. And so wow, that I'm, really took me a while to figure out what the hell you're talking. I'm, I'm going to try to recruit every other male character to become become a stripper with me. <laughs> And um, the only food I'm going to eat in the wasteland is cookies. If you want to talk about Magic Mike XXL, we could talk about Magic Mike Mike XXL. Was that your your transition? Was that what you? I, that's not going to be a transition. But I was sitting there thinking because, <laughs> like, once you started talking about your character, I was like, I, I maybe I should have spent the last week thinking about what my character should be because I don't want to be stuck in that character creation screen, like thinking like what like what person is this? I can make their face, but yeah. like, who are they? And then suddenly yeah. the character creation process, like the first day, like when that, when my copy of Fallout arrives on Tuesday, like it's only until like two o'clock in the morning, I finally decide, like finally finish up character creation after spending like eight hours deciding like, who is this person? I should yeah. be thinking about that now so I can just get right into the game. Uh, well, it would be funny to play as Channing Tatum <laughs> dancing his way through the wasteland. I don't oh, know if boy. the game will let you do that, but um, yeah, no, Magic Mike XXL. I don't know if we're going to stop the Fallout talk, talk here, but uh, Magic Mike XXL. I could talk about Fallout forever, so maybe uh, as well. Did you... So I have okay. So I canceled my pre-order for the Fallout Four Pip Boy Edition for the PC. I still mm-hmm. have a pre-order for the uh, PlayStation Four Pip Boy Edition and the Xbox One uh, Pip Boy Edition. Do you still want to lay claim to that uh, Xbox One version just for, just for the extra goodies? Yeah. Well, I told you we'll sell it and they'll split the. You'll pre- sell it. <laughs> Wait, I told you this. We'll sell it. Uh, if you think, actually, I might just give it to you. This, this, yeah, if you you can decide if you want to sell it or hawk it. Um, it's yeah, gonna it it's gonna help pay for my leaky skylight. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't realize that actually sounds like it's actually a really truly rare collector's edition. Everyone is flipping the fuck out about how quickly that sold out, and they never like they never put up new new like they, they never never um, unlocked new stock of that. So that sounds like sounds like one of the rare, truly special editions out there. Yeah, you um, offered that to me, and I was looking into it, and I was like, I don't need a hunk of plastic and a titanium case. Well, that's the thing. It, really, the big thing about in. that, I think it comes with, like some kind of poster and a guide or something like that. But it is like yeah. a, th- a like very thin, flimsy vacuum form plastic arm sleeve. And, like, the big case that it comes in. Um, fucking stupid. I, <laughs> I've i been thinking about getting a smartphone lately, and th- the fact that knowing that, like, this game comes out with, like, that app that you can, uh, you know, put onto your smartphone and actually play with the, the vacuum-formed, 
Pip-Boy armband thing. Like, that's actually kind of like, I almost pulled the trigger this week just so I could have a smartphone in time for this game coming out. Um, I'll say this, Bill. A, who ha- what is, there is no such thing as a uniform wrist size. Yeah. I am not confident about that thing even fitting on my arm. Oh, that's with. a good point. Yeah, I can't imagine, because it's not like we're both super... I I'm I am a truly fat person. You are chubby, but it's not like we're like monstrous hulking orc people. Well, no, but I'm just saying think of think of the world of arms. And when you're build. designing a wearable Pip Boy edition, are you not designing for the fat people to begin with? <laughs> like, I mean, really, are you going to be designing for like the Dylan McConuses of the world? Like, yeah, come on. I'm just saying, um, I have been watch shopping, and no women's watches fit me because I'm too big, and no men's watches fit me because I'm too small. Really, so why I'm watch not shopping? confident about this Pip Boy. Why watch shopping? Because I wanted a watch. Huh? Okay. Really? Watches don't fit. Wow, it's not interesting. I was just mentioning it as a segue. Because it's just, not like it's you just, have sausage wrist. It's not like you're like what happened to Gilbert Grape or anything like that. You're normal Dude, there human are being. some there are some shirts where they won't fit over my forearms. You know the way you like think about this. Character. It's don't fat shame yourself. It's not like oh I'm too fat for this. Oh but I'm you not think, fat. Sh- well, I'm just observing reality. You also think about like it's not like I bet totally ripped people have the same problem. If you think about it that way, it's like mm, yeah. No, I know uh, that. I'm not fat shaming. I'm observing reality. My friend, uh, one of my coworkers, was has been working out at the gym a lot lately, and mm-hmm. his chest is now a little broader, uh, and now his uh, buttons of his snap shirts uh, gap at the bosom. Ooh. And I'm like, me too, bro. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, uh, Magic Mike XXL. Yeah. Fuck. Speaking well, we were of ri- about- speaking of getting ripped and having buttons ripping off and stuff. Yeah. We were talking about the Pip Boy. Well, my my point, my second point with the Pip Boy was: Do you really have you ever had a second screen experience that you actually enjoyed? In a That's what I'm kind of curious because uh, I'm waiting to see what the reviews say tomorrow. Because um, well, they the, the demo of the of the Pip Boy app came out this weekend. You can't do much of it, but you can just kind of see like what the graphics and everything look like. You're right, the flickery on that sh- uh, like the, the the screen artificially flickers. And that is kind of nauseating looking. It does not look appealing. It makes it seem like it would be very hard to look at that for more than a couple seconds. Yeah, it's straight up like um, epilepsy gallops in my family, yeah. and it gives me a headache when I look at There's, it. There's um, a wannabe missile command game that you can unlock on there, and playing that for just like two or three minutes, like m- fucking my eye, I was like getting a headache by the end because it's like so intentionally kind of like dim and flickery. It's like, yeah. man, I'd rather just have like something that's easy to look at versus like. I'd rather forfeit the like intentionally kind of like flickery CTR kind of look if it meant it yeah. just lo- was was more fun to look at and easier to look at. Ah, uh, we'll see. Even but, uh. even beyond that, like I I would find it like it, I know that you don't have the same sort of experience playing these games I do, but for me it would break the um, immersion for me in the real world to stop and stare at this thing as opposed to my character that I'm playing to stop and stare yeah. at their see. It, de- it depends on how the the Pip Boy app uh, the, the the app works with the game. If you can make it so that you can kind of like adjust your stuff without even having to pause the game, if you could just like lift up your arm and just like flick a couple buttons. Granted, you have to That's turn the, the phone on, uh, but that yeah. would be nice rather than having to like stop and like pull up the menu and flick through. And like if it's easier, and well, also if it it really is all touch screen activated, that means that would actually be faster to manipulate than it would be like with like moving through all those menus with a with a thumbstick, which doesn't sound like much unless you realize if you're that kind of person who might pour a couple hundred hours in that game. 
uh, just saving a couple seconds every time you're messing with a Pip-Boy, that would add up to hours of time you would actually save but just by having a little touchscreen thing, regardless of even if it's attached to your arm or not. Um, even if you're just using it on your iPad or something like that. Could be could be a kind of a time saver just playing the actual game i will see like the reviews have been um, uh they're they're embargoed i can't even speak they're embargoed until uh what like five o'clock tomorrow morning so i love that there was an embargo on talking about yeah and fucking what the fuck is i know that ha- that happens a lot that's not the, this this is just the first time it's come out just because it was for, uh, for such a big game but yeah that just that was really weird um, the fact yep. that, they, like, why would you not want to be able to tell people when your uh, reviews go live? It's just... Uh, also, yeah. that's a pretty late embargo, too, for that for a game this big. You'd think they would have yeah. let embargoes lift on, like, Friday or something like that. Um, well, on the other hand, it's such a big damn game. Yeah. Like, you kind of want reviewers to really spend some time in it. Well, also, know? it doesn't look good, too, because a couple people have gotten their hands on, on copies of the game. And right now they're talking about how, especially on PlayStation 4, the interiors, every time you walk into a building in the game, uh, the frame rate just, like, just drops catastrophically. And, of course, this is before these people get, you know, there's gonna be inevitably, like, like a 70 gig day one patch, which I would assume would address stuff like this. But the combination of the news of, like, right now the game in its pre-release state being this kind of funky... And, like, kind of late reviews already got some people wondering, like, oh my god, is this going to be a bomb? Is this game not actually finished and stuff? Which, that really doesn't mean that much, but still, it just kind of, like, I don't know. It creates the impression of the game not being completely finished. Which, I don't know. It's, uh, genuinely, my only questions with Fallout, because I feel like, you know, even if it is just Fallout 3.5, I'm going to have a good time with it. My question is, is all the time and effort they seem to have poured into writing and voice work. My question is to see if that has a payoff. If it feels like something meaningful. The other thing, too, if I don't play, uh, this is my other thing. If I don't play as Magic Mike, I'm going to play as Rome. I'm going to play as Jada Pinkett uh, Smith's character from uh, Magic Mike, too. That was my lady! Okay, Bill, hey, what did you think of Magic Mike XXL? <laughs> I'm just saying, just throwing that out there. You just, just need talked to about talk this. about it. Let's get it out of your system. You, ta- you saw this in the theaters, right? I did. Because I, I remember us talking it. about because I remember you very specifically was, you, you requested that I put the Pony song on, on that week's yeah. soundtrack. <laughs> and so when it came up in the movie, I was like, oh, now I see why she specifically requested <laughs> that song. It's a good song by itself. But it's a very pivotal scene in the movie when it the pops up. The Magic Mike soundtrack is such a pleasantly filthy soundtrack. Yeah! I always forget about it until, like, I'll be... I have it, and I'll just have my, my music collection on shuffle. And all of a sudden, like, R. Kelly's Cookie will pop Cookie! <laughs> cookie! Also knowing that this is written by a guy who loves to piss on people, too, on top of his extra kind of like, whoa. And the, when that song shows up in the movie, what's happening in the movie is kind of graphic. Um... Channing Tatum kind of fucks the shit out of somebody with their pants on in front yep. of 900 screaming women in that movie. I'm curious to see, I'm curious to hear how you feel about it because it's kind of a uh, very female gaze movie. How did you feel about the whole thing? I movie? thought it was fucking awesome. I, it was fun. It was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I just appreciated, like, like um, 
I, the athleticism and the dancing and stuff. Yeah. It's a good, yeah. it's it's a good musical movie because like the dance yeah. and especially because you can tell that these are actually the actors. They don't do the yeah. thing where like suddenly like you see Channing Tatum show up and it's cut of his face and they suddenly cut away to his body like from the neck down dancing or something like that is obviously Channing Tatum doing shit. That is obviously all like all these actors. There might be a couple things where maybe they, they could have used face replacement or something like that if there was some kind of crazy stunt move. I mean, that may have happened once or twice in the movie, but generally, yeah, fuck that's just a, especially because there's I, I was as soon as the movie was over i went to go see if there's like a blu-ray with like lots of special features about like how this movie was made and stuff like that i guess the blu-ray is just like the movie and like one thing at the end we're like yeah we want to make a movie about dancing there's like nothing to say because like there's barely any script of the movie most so much yeah. of the movie seems to be improvised that like even telling you there's not even really a plot it's just a bunch of guys hanging out dancing making ladies hot and that's kind of that sounds like that could either be a very boring stupid movie but the way no but the it, it, it but it's really fun like even the way yeah. it's shot and stuff there's one scene in the car after um they yeah. pick up uh the dude from community what's his name the black yeah, guy donald glover donald glover yeah. and they're just driving around and donald glover's having a conversation about music with the yeah. guy in the in, in, in the uh passenger seat and he's talking to him and they actually have a bunch of guys in the backseat talking you can still kind of hear them and it really does create this vibe of just kind of hanging out with these guys yeah and, and i really like what he says in that moment because he makes some sort of comment like he's like when you think about it we're kind of like healers or something like that or something like that yeah and like you guys are you're 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 groin healers and it's so good and well, that it's, not, movie- it's not condescending to the people they're dancing exactly. to too. it's not like the ladies who fawn all over them are all kind of like pictured as like oh although man fucking what's her face andy mcdowell shows up and yeah, I didn't realize, yeah. I didn't recognize her at first because she has such a good Southern accent. And I had to look it up. She's yeah. actually from South Carolina because I was like, because yep. she does a perfect like, oh my, look at here. And uh, just the whole movie. It's just, I don't want to over, uh, I don't want to oversell it so yeah. much because it's not like, I just, it was just, I just randomly found it, just decided to throw it on just because I was working on something else, and I was re- legitimately charmed by that movie. That movie's just a fun... It's a fun movie. Hangout movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you feel like yeah. you're hanging out with the characters. The characters, like, I, yeah, I, I mean, it's not like I had a grudge against this movie or anything like that. I just knew it was Channing Tatum, and I knew Channing Tatum could, I, I'm actually charmed by Channing Tatum now, too, because I've always, like, talked about he's a big, dumb thumb, but he's kind of a I'm, big, I'm dumb thumb in the movie, now. too. And yeah. I could see why Chris Lord and Phil Miller like this guy. Those guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, I don't know. Did yeah, you... Magic Mike is fascinating. Yeah, yes, Magic Mike is fascinating because it is, um, it's like you said, there's a kindness to it. Yeah. That, uh, like, the, the a lot of the ladies that are getting danced up on are normal ladies. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're not treated. They're queens. Like, with any sort of judgment. Or there's not, even though it's incredibly filthy, there's not shame to it. It's a very pro lady movie, even though Without there are like there's only like, like one major female character. Yeah, it's not like trying to be explicitly pro lady too. It's just I think this movie has like if you're a lady, of course you're gonna have a good time during this movie. If you're a straight lady, you're gonna have a good time. If you're bi, if you're bi lady, you're gonna have a good time during this movie. But even if you're a guy, unless you're like really wound up about like unless you're like crazy homophobic. Mm-hmm. Or I could see maybe you might be bored because, like I said, there's not much of a plot, but like the whole, just the vibe yeah. of the movie is just really. It's like it's yeah. like a little mini vacation, and it is like a total fantasy movie because, um, like halfway through the movie, like 
they they one of the guys ends up having sex with Andy McDowell. She just has happens to be super rich and gives yep. them a car so they can go to like this this really it's just about a bunch of guys just getting together on a road trip to go to this uh, stripping convention. That's the whole plot of the movie. And halfway through the movie, yeah, they 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 uh, they grind up on uh, Andy McDowell and she gives them a, 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 a like a a convertible Mercedes and gives them all the money and rents them uh, a giant like hotel conference room so they can plan their dance for the convention at the convention like it's holy fantasy just <laughs> it's like very silly but it, like well see the thing is is that it was it was the movie that I expected the original Magic Mike to be because the original Magic Mike is such a sad broken movie you about sad and broken people. I don't know people. if I want to go back to watch it because this is what I this is what nope. I thought the first Magic Mike should have been as far as like kind exactly. of Exactly. And like I just love the idea that these guys managed to put together like a Super Bowl halftime quality show over the course of like three days with a budget of like twenty bucks. And like mm-hmm. it's funny too because well it's I thought that was this was gonna be a stripping competition, but it's not even that. They're not even trying no. to win a prize or anything like that. They're just going to show no. off. And so it's not they're like going out on a high note. Yeah, they they just want to dance because they want to dance too. Because that's another great thing. They don't make, turn it into some kind of like dude bro competition thing. They just want to dance. Well, that's and that's how Channing Tatum gets back into this because all he knows, I guess, he was a dancer a couple years before the start of the movie, and he gave it up because he wanted to get a wife and he wanted to have a job, and now he has his own furniture company and he's given up the dancing thing. But there's like it starts off. He's like in his little furniture workshop. And, uh, yeah, Genuine's Pony comes on the radio, and he just can't stop himself, and he keeps on dancing, he's like, I gotta get back in the game. And that's the start of the movie, and it really is, like, he hooks up with his old friends who are like, oh yeah, we're going to stripping convention in a taco truck, you should come with us. And, uh, yeah, that's the whole movie. Well, what I love is that the reason why he leaves is that his, he's given, he's given that life up to start over, and it's not working out. Like, his, his, it's not, his, his girl left yeah, him. Yeah, it's all weird that his, his money wife left isn't him, and he hasn't told money. anybody yet or anything like that, but yeah. Dude, that's, that was a very believable part of the movie. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, it's still also like, yeah. Um, the whole th- what I love is that it's about how his life is broken and not working out, so he may as well be young and hot while he can be. Yeah, it really is. And yeah, no, it's, yeah, no. It's and really, it's, it feels like very relatable to me obviously there's and, uh, no it was just a really fun time the way they introduce like there's a lady he bumps into on a beach he's taking a piss on the beach and he bumps into a lady and they have this great flirty scene where they meet and i thought i didn't realize she was actually become a recurring character i thought it was just a one-off but um the way they the, the, they meet and hook up and kind of even the way that's written and performed like it's improvi- improvised enough that it feels very real somehow Mm-hmm. Like the way they how they flirt and everything like that, and not kind of not in a forced. I don't know. There's something about that movie. Just really, I need to watch that again. Is I really also liked that, that character was pretty heavily and then transparently coded as gay. Yeah. Well, she's dressed like what's the hot lady from from. Well, uh, at the end of it, she winds so up with life. two chicks at the. She winds up with two chicks at the strip club. Oh, did I don't she? know if you noticed that. Yeah, it's the end of the <laughs> well, movie. Well, I was looking the up uh, IMDb on everybody. That lady did come out as gay a couple years ago, but then she married Johnny Depp, which kind of really? broke my heart a little bit. Yeah, she married. She's married to Johnny Depp. Yeah, Are but you she came a joke? out as no. That I had to read that. Like I, I had to make sure I was <laughs> like still reading the same Wikipedia. <laughs> did I entry. just have a tiny stroke? That's she's married what I'm... to Johnny Depp. She is the one. Did you hear about like pirates? Like Johnny Depp? Like he had he brought some like Pomeranians to Australia that aren't allowed in Australia, and they were gonna throw yeah. him and his wife in jail. That's the wife. <laughs> it was her wait, dogs. Did wait? I yeah, that's I John know. Depp's yeah. wife. Yeah, that's Johnny. Yeah. 
look it up to make sure I'm not wrong. No, I did. I did just look it up. That's, yeah. Because I mean, you would think. This year. Yeah. A, and B, who, she could still be queer and married. I like know, that. but it's funny. No, I'm, Mo- I know, I know. The only women I know, most of the women I know who are attracted to Johnny Depp are queer anyway. <laughs> That's a good point, actually, yeah. That's actually a really good but, point, well, actually. Um, but yeah, no, I liked it. Well, the, she's worth it just to be in the movie, yeah, for the cake and cookie conversation. There's just like, you know, fucking Tarzan as a character? <laughs> he's got a, He's got the fucking CPAP machine? Fucking... <laughs> God damn that movie. Even the characters, like, the, there's the one nerdy guy who's, no. like, a musical Disney guy who I could give a li- And there's, like, a Latino guy with curly hair. I don't care less. But about the big dick guy with the magic slipper, he's fucking hilarious. Mike himself is fucking <laughs> hilarious. I, I don't know why Donald Glover's in the movie because he doesn't strip, but he still shows up and sings without a shirt on, and he's fucking great. And, like, fucking Jay, Jada Pinkett Smith's fucking hilarious. Andy McDowell's <laughs> fucking... The whole movie is just, I like, love how much you loved Magic Mike. This is really cute. I want to... I, <laughs> I, as soon as I was done with that movie, I, I typed into Twitter. I went twitter.com, please start. And then I typed in, I wish there was a Bioware game that takes place in the Magic Mike universe. <laughs> Where, like, instead You're of fighting, wrong. it's dancing... You know, and oh, like, I like that. So you you play Mike. Yeah, you gotta get your crew together. Recruiting other dancers, and they have their little their little issues they have to get over yeah. and everything, and their little conflicts, so that they can dance maximally at this big event. You're, that's not a bad idea. My yeah, friend. and like you know, when when they lose the Froyo truck, that's kind of like when the Normandy gets destroyed <laughs> at the beginning of Mass Effect Two. <laughs> and like, there's I'm just saying, there's some parallels here. Yeah. Oh, man. So yesterday was N7 day. Yeah. And uh, uh, the unofficial Mass Effect holiday. And I had lunch with front of the podcast, Dylan McConus, who is getting ready to play Mass Effect for the first man, time Man, she's trying ever. so hard. And I'm trying to make it easy for her. But video game technology does not make that easy. Yeah. You but know. she uh, she uh, she looked at me and she said, Annie, as a femship, who do I romance? Oh, no. And uh, it was an inte- It was like, I was like, shit. It's gotta be Garrus, though, right? I mean, who else? Well, in the first game, who do you romance? Wait, who are your I options? I mean, your options are your options are Caden Malenko or Liara. Liara. And then it's like, how do you... Uh, Liara, arc, Liara do becomes you more, like, especially if you know what's in store. Like, if you, if you know that Liara becomes a more interesting character after Mass Effect 1 and then Mass Effect 2... Mm. In Mass Effect Two is a thing. In three, she become they totally drop the ball on her entire narrative arc. Well, no, it's but they didn't get switched up. That's what happened to me. I mean, I you can play the field a little bit. I would start with Liara, and then Liara's who <laughs> Liara's who you walk through the door with to get to the buffet, and then you can decide if you want to drop her. in Mass Effect 1 is also the most annoying character. She's like, I am but a baby. Yeah, I don't I know. know how your human flirtation works. But it's going to be, well, I can't it's wait. So, so you have, it's either Liara... Caden I mean, or Caden space Lico racist, is a big right? Whiny is a big fuck whiny. Fuck Caden. Fuck the other lady. guy. No, see, I like Ashley, and I am uh, sad to this very day that you can't romance Ashley as femship because Ashley makes so much more sense as a space queer to me, as a spell self-loathing closeted space lesbian. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it was just like I was like, man, we were talking about Mass Effect romances, and I was like. Yeah, well, it's it's an interesting interesting thing. I love I love I love I enjoyed. Did you give her advice over the whole series, or are you just talking about the first game though? I was. Oh, I talked generally about how it how it flows over. So, what was your final advice? Well, I said I I said romance whoever and don't let that restrict who you choose in Mass Effect Two. Yeah, 
Because Mass Effect Two, you have more interesting options. Who can you choose in Mass Effect Two? Who can you remind us? Femshep, Jacob, Miranda, Tali, Garrus. Can you do? Can you go lesbian on Tali? And that that never even occurred to me. No, they're they're all straight, except for Liara, who is Liara. Are there any? Everybody else is straight. Are there any male gay characters in in Mass Effect that you can romance as as Duchep? If you are um, chased in Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 2, you can have a romantic relationship with Kate Malenko. Ugh. Ugh. In the first game, the, f- the first time I played as a dude, because Mass Effect 1, the dialogue is pretty, it, it, of being close, is exactly the same, whether it's romantic or platonic. Yeah. And just at a certain point, it just toggles either, oh, now we kiss, or, you can, oh, you're my best friend in the world. And I was, like, really mad that I... In, in, Yes, Bill. In the second game, you can date Jacob, mm. as but only as a woman. It's all straight. And it, it well, be, Miranda's kind of the same thing. Miranda's not interesting either. D- M- Jacob is just the female Miranda. Um, I guess actually, I take it back. I think Jack is. No, you can't. No, you can't bang Jack. As you a should have made a roadmap for Dylan for the three games. Okay, first you. Okay, here are your well, options. Here, your sex tree. Between all through throughout the trilogy, and that okay, these options come into play in the second one. And the third thing here's like I'm gonna give you some vague advice about what may or may not happen to some of these romantic interests. Uh, spoilers: That's... you can always get fucked up when you fuck your secretary in the third game. Um, the um the the that was why Dragon Age Inquisition meant so much is that for regardless of what gender you played, there was a straight option, a bi option, or a same sex. How option. did they drop the ball with Liara in the third game? She okay. Her in the second one, she like grows and becomes a self-informed person yeah. and like self-assured person, she and is all broker. wrapped up in this Prothean search. And the third game, she meets a Prothean finally, and her world should be crumbling apart well, and falling Prothean around thing her. Is all kind of the Prothean, nah, yeah. Just because that arc, I'm saying this character's arc was like totally like yeah. they clearly had no idea what to do with her, so she was just kind of like. Huh. Well, that's Mass Effect that all together where, like, the writing just kind of fell, the wheels fell off. It's not just Liara, but it's everything. But I thought there was something very specific, more like Liara suddenly... I disagree I entirely. I feel like all the relationship stuff worked out really well, except for with Liara. Nah, Liara, nah. everyone has an arc over all three games. Everyone goes to a different place by the third game. It's Liara who very immediately has the rug pulled out from under her and doesn't really nah. change or... Beyond her saying once or twice, that's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> like wow, that sure did undermine everything I've worked towards and believe but, in, and all this stuff. Man. It's just yeah, I feel bad too because Dylan's trying to get more into console games, and she's trying to catch up on some of the bigger games from the last uh, uh, console generations. So I gave her my PlayStation Three, and um, I bought her a downloadable copy because she's using my account to play games because that's where you know I've got PlayStation Plus. There's a whole bunch of free stuff she can download. She can download like you know any other games I ever bought and stuff. And so uh, she downloaded the Mass Effect 1 and started playing that. And Well, she tried to start playing that, but I guess there's a, a bug in Mass Effect 1, very specifically the downloadable version, where like, the, um, the spoken dialogue doesn't work. And it's a known issue that EA just never bothered to patch just because that game came out so late. And it was just a downloadable version that like barely anyone bought anyway. And so they never patched it. And this is, like, Dylan's first introduction to really trying to get into console games. And this is, like, the first thing where she's like, I have to tell, like, well, well not only do you have to download, like, this 8-gig game that on your home connection is going to take, like, literally all day to download. Once you get the game, oh, no, you have to reinstall it in the hopes that maybe when you reinstall it the second time, that bug won't be there anymore. It's just like, ugh. 
at my housemate Joshi. Better that than PC gaming, yeah. where that's the norm for everything. I did loan her Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, you did? Good. Um, yeah. Well, Dylan, or, or uh, my housemate, my buddy Jojo, he was at the CD Game Exchange. He actually found a copy of the Mass Effect trilogy on disc for super cheap. Mm-hmm. So he bought that for Dylan, so at least uh, she could just, like, she doesn't have to worry about redownloading those games. She just play them right off the disc. But then I was like, well, th- but then you probably have to download crazy patches for each game because, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, console gaming is pretty, still pretty hostile towards uh, newbies, but... I don't know. Hopefully she she can get that Mass Effect shit working, but yeah. Um Uh Bill, tell me about John Wick. John Wick. Have you heard about John Wick? That's the movie with uh what's his butt, right? Keanu? Yeah, Keanu Reeves. He just he's going to kill everybody. people because they kidnapped his puppy. Yeah, I don't want to talk it out because it's not actually not that great it's not like ass shatteringly fantastic, but it's such a simple movie and it's well put together and you can totally it's tell. It's no Magic Mike. <laughs> it's no Magic Mike. I do, I, I hate to say it, but I like Magic Mike XXL better than John Wick. Um, but John Wick was obviously put together by stunt guys. I know that was one mm. of the big pedigree oh. things about this movie was actually like, I don't know if it was written, but it was definitely directed by a pair of stuntmen. And I think it was stuntmen who worked with Keanu Reeves on The Matrix too. So they like they had a working relationship with the guy, and actually the closest thing to like a consistent bad guy who Keanu Reeves has to fight throughout the movie was his stunt double in the Matrix movies too, which is kind of funny. Really? Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Uh, Keanu Reeves is really simple. He plays a dude who his wife dies from cancer, and his wife before dying buys him a puppy, and he loves his puppy because mm-hmm. his puppy his puppy is the last kind of little bit of civility he's like got left to hang on to after his wife is dead. And he's like driving around, and uh, Theon Greyjoy steals his car and fucks him up and kills his puppy, and he just decides he has to kill Theon Greyjoy. And turns out Theon Greyjoy is the son of like some kind of big Russian mob mogul in New York. So in order to kill Theon Greyjoy, John Wick has to kill pretty much this entire Russian mob to do it. And that's pretty much th- hmm. just the whole plot of the movie. But um, since he's a character who is like an assassin, a worldwide known assassin. He's getting back into the game and he ends up like having to like uh, ring up a bunch of his old contacts to try to figure out how to take down this this uh, this, this little Russian mob jerk. Um you get to see a lot of his old contacts and stuff which this almost every character in this movie in this this network of assassins is played by fantastic character actors. Uh you get oh, yeah? Ian McShane shows up, you got dudes from the wire showing up. It's just fucking I can't remember half the people in this, but like I spent the whole movie going, wait, is that is that what's his face? Oh, it's that it's it's what's her face. It's it's this, it's that. The whole movie, just even aside from the action perspective, but just there's just a lot of great faces. Like Willem Defoe shows up. There's just all kinds of people. It's just fucking great. Um Who's the lady in this movie? There's a, there's a female <laughs> assassin who shows up. Who's the female? Who's the female? Here, Who's I'm going to search just... human female John Wick. <laughs> yeah, there's not, not not a ton. <laughs> oh, what's his face from uh, 30 Rock is also a bad guy in this movie, too. Um, The pager seller. What's his face from 30 Rock? Yeah, Liz Lemon's boyfriend. The guy from the insurance commercials. <laughs> Oh, Dennis. Yeah, Dennis. Yeah, he's, he's... He has a lot of boyfriends over the course. You could just be describing Matt Damon, dude. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so anyway, it's a good movie. There's not a lot to talk about because the plot is so, so fucking simple, but it's... Encanto Race is pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, uh, John Wick is... is uh, thumbs up. Uh, that was just on John HBO Wick. Now, too. Do you have HBO Now? Tell me about... Remember. Fuck no. Fuck okay, no. Why am I going to give HBO $10 a month? 
Because they have movies? <laughs> I already give Netflix $10 a month and Amazon $80 a year. That's all I need, yeah, my that's friend. that's a good point. Um, there's Bill, a new tell podcast. me about Talking Simpsons. Yeah, Talking yeah. Simpsons is a podcast that's co-hosted by some of the Retronauts guys. And Retronauts is a podcast just about old retro video games. And some of these guys got together with some mm-hmm. other new dudes uh, to host a... This is the best podcast I've heard about The Simpsons. Um, there's not a lot to say here other than it's just a good podcast. Um, so they're just going by, just going through every episode of the Simpsons ever. They just, uh, finished up the first season, which you can only listen to if you subscribe to their Patreon, which this is actually the thing that got me to sign up mm. for Patreon was to listen to these yeah. the first season of episodes. And now they're on to the second season of the show, which th- all these episodes are going to be free. And so mm-hmm. they're, they're starting to upload free episodes to iTunes now, starting with the second season, which is really when The Simpsons gets good, too. And, like, every episode's actually relatively short, like 20 to 30 minutes of them just talking about Simpsons trivia and talking about, like, what was going on in the world the, the, the day yeah, that yeah. episode aired. It just, it's, it's, it's hard to pimp a podcast because it's a matter of it's really a matter of taste so it's hard for me to describe anything like specifically what's good about this podcast but it's 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 well put together co-hosts are funny it's not too yeah it's it's just funny go listen to talking simpsons it's good times Hmm. and have you heard about a master of none no this is the new enzies asari tv show on that netflix thing you get you just mentioned oh really Yeah. yeah have you not heard about this no, I haven't. He's got his own show now. It's cute. I saw the first two episodes. Um, he's essentially playing himself. He's just like a, an actor in New York. With, you know, who from India... Well, his uh, parents are from India. And the second show is all about uh, his dad, how his dad came from India to America. And mm-hmm. also about how his best friend, who is Taiwanese, about how his best friend's dad came from Taiwan to New York. And just like all the things they had to go through in order to like have American, these goofy, like, like American kids who don't appreciate everything that their fathers sacrificed, you know, so they can give them a better life and stuff. And it's a, mm-hmm. it's a comedy, but, um, the first episode is all about how other, other people's kids suck, which of course <laughs> I'm always down for. Um, uh-huh. Aziz Ansari is just, it gets, ends up being stuck babysitting a couple of kids for an afternoon and they're just horrible, horrible people. <laughs> and, uh, it's just cute. It's good. Uh, he start the first like the first thing that happens in the episode. He starts talking about how good Martinelli's apple juice is, which Martinelli's is my favorite apple juice. So I just give a thumbs up to that. <laughs> That's my <laughs> thorough it's review a really, of Master of None. It's uh, super super insightful, my friend. Well, I feel bad because all I did this week, seriously, what between because I have a big deadline on Tuesday. You do have next a big week? I'm deadline. taking. Next week, I'm taking uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off, so I have to get all my shit done by Tuesday so I can just fucking play Fallout. So all I've been doing is, like, cramming on work during the day and during the evenings, too. Talking to goddamn roofers, because my roof sprung sprung leak last weekend, and I've been, like, talking to roofers and skylight dudes and getting mansplained left and right. And uh, playing Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I'm almost done with Assassin's Creed Syndicate, I think. I'm getting towards the end. I'm still having a really good time with it. It's uh, still just a competent Assassin's Creed game to a degree we haven't gotten in a while. It's One thing that's kind of a bummer is that um, towards the back half of the game, uh, as I mentioned before, the conceit is that you know you're, there are these two siblings and you can switch between them. And how I talked about how really... 
genuinely exciting and thrilling and liberating it was to play a woman where where she's not dressed in an overly sexualized manner. Like, she's allowed to be self-assured and strong and unquestioned in a way that male characters normally aren't yeah. games. But it, in the back end of the game, it's all the missions are super Jacob-heavy. Like, Evie just mm, kind of falls off the sucks. map. And uh, it's just kind of a bummer. Uh, especially because a lot, it makes sense. There are a lot of the ambient missions in the world, like all the side quest missions, you can do as either one, and they'll have voiced cutscenes. Even you'll have characters talking to you, and they'll just switch out whichever one you're playing will be the 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 main character in these cutscenes. So, but yeah, it's just kind of bummer. Get just kind of bump back into uh, Jacob all the time. Though Jacob is a fine and fun character. Is there a reason why uh, uh, Evie just kind of disappears from the story? Well, so they they both have kind of different approaches in the world. Um, Jacob is more focused on the gang and kind of taking over control of London from the Templars, whereas Evie is genuinely focused on finding the peace of Eden. And um, she only gets involved in the larger overarching gang plots when she has to clean up his messes, which okay. is every time. Every time he does something. But, uh, yeah, it's, I'm curious to see how it goes. Finally, last night, I finished the optional, or excuse me, the, the PS4 DLC, Dangerous Crimes, which if you have the PS4 version, I highly recommend. This, I mentioned, it's the mystery, like kind of the, the crime solving aspect of the games that are surprisingly fun and I, 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 are, are, uh, nicely designed and I really, really like them. The last mission of that, uh, you actually play both. You have to play one distracting the bad guy, and then the other one can sneak up behind them and assassinate. Oh, that's them. interesting. Okay. And that was a that was a nice little. I mean, it was not super nuanced. It was literally just a hard switch at some point from yeah. one to the other. But uh, it was just a nice. It was a nice thing. I've talked a lot about how Assassin's Creed needs to be more about relationships and fellowship and not just being told about it that it's brotherhood but actually feeling a sense of brotherhood well, and that fall, is a assassin's nice creed also has to like modernize its fucking gameplay design because man that game is fucking rough um before it starts still... worrying about content stuff but man ugh. i know i know how you feel about it especially in a post metal gear solid 5 world i but i still have a really good time with it i consistently still, I'm really I, 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 it. i've kept on truck trying to truck through that game and i've been playing that game all week i still that game is i can't i'm at, still consistently surprised at how much that game is just bouncing off of me where i'm just like this game mm-hmm. is i can understand that i want to say it's shit but that game is it's poopy it's not I, from just like <laughs> I can in terms of like that. moving around the controls are just so complicated the controls are sluggish the game doesn't look that good it's just it just feels just so cynical and lazy anyway i'm glad you like it's it it's so funny that you feel about that way because usually you and i have at least like the same general sort of feeling and i feel the opposite this game's doing a pretty good job of just murdering any enthusiasm i have for future assassins creed and again wow. it's not even like it's Did doing you? anything one thing wrong it's just the whole thing just feels so flat and uninteresting it's not like it's like ah. offending me where i'm like oh my god this one thing is so bad i can't pick this up again but it's just man this is just ugh yeah, this one is in a lot of ways a reset for the Assassin's Creed series and the way that like the last couple of games have been trying to do a lot of other things. This is kind of paring it down to what, you know, it's barest essential nutrients. And yeah. It's not anything that's going to blow anybody's mind or anything. It's just it's just a fun, competent Assassin's Creed game, I think. Yeah, which is- and I think it's a, I 
I like the visuals, and I'm in f- fine with the characters, and the gameplay I feel like is right in line with the Assassin's Creed series, and th- all you can expect from an annualized game. I well, one part of the thing is the story is so fucking. I, it's almost like a parody. Oh, it's of itself. tenuous. And the story because mm-hmm. it really is like there's absolutely no ex- explanation given as to what these pieces of Eden are, or what they do, and it is just like it really is just like every. Th- Every two hours, someone pops up like, "Oh, I'm I'm Charles Dickens. I'm here to help you." Or I'm Karl Marx, and the most just it's just like a cartoon of itself, and and not in I a mean, good that's, way. That's what all the Assassin's Creed have been like. Every single one since but game it's one. It's been a decade now, and nothing yeah. has changed. And if anything, it's just got gotten so stale. It's one of those things where like if you find yourself eating a pack of stale cookies, and maybe the first couple you'll eat because it's like. Oh, okay, well, it's still stale cookies better than no cookies. And, like, by the end of the box, you're like, I can't finish. What am I doing? This is... I can understand that that's, you have that's, lost... I've hit that threshold. I'm glad you're having a good you, time. You have lost your taste for the Assassin's Creed games, and yeah. I can totally understand that. I really can. But uh, this is just... All the things that you are saying, that you are describing, that's how I felt about Unity. And I played all of Unity. Unity felt so much more cynical, so much more broken, so much more just hashed together, so much more frail. This one just seems to be transparently, look, guys, we just want to have a fun Assassin's Creed game. Let's just fucking have some fun. Which, again, there's nothing wrong with that. This is more speaking my personal taste than anything about this game being... It's not like I'm saying this game is substantially worse than any other Assassin's Creed game. This is more just... Oh, man, you would... You would hate where I am right now because, so the city is broken up into boroughs that are controlled by these gangs and you do all these things and then when you finish those things, you can challenge the leader of that area to a gang battle, very Gangs of New York style. Uh, uh, You have this street fight and then you get that borough. Well, if you do it for all of the boroughs in the game, then you finally meet the boss who's the boss of this gang that you've been slowly beating the shit out of. Bill, you would hate it because you literally show up and he's like... He's just kind of a drunk, jovial dude. You're playing as Jacob again because Jacob is like that man. Guy. Knowing and that you're playing as Jacob the whole time, that just that that turns me off. I don't think I'm going to pick up this game again. Jacob yeah. is uh, Jacob is such a jovial jackass too. Literally, like this gang leader is. He's like Jacob's like. So do you want to? beat the hell out of me like do you want to kill me and why are you calling me ever and, and literally the gang leader's like ah oh, no let's just go fuck up the bad guy who's controlling the city this is fun and then you just like literally he says i just want to have fun with another jackass you're just like me and runs off and they're gonna go cause mayhem and i'm sure what we're doing is actually empowering this gang leader to yeah, somehow yeah, take control yeah. over the templar dude uh, but yeah it's just such a transparently like goofy not trying to be anything there's always been a gravity problem in the assassin's creed games where they try to be grave and serious while at the same time yeah. forest gumping their way through history this game does not have that problem <laughs> at all <laughs> but yeah no I'm, I'm i'm legitimately glad you're having a good time like yeah and like i said i if if i think even if this story had been uh put together better or more interestingly in a way that would appeal to me i know but it's one of those things assassin's creed game with a good story well that's that's the thing though like they could get by at least for my own personal taste is that they they could get by for like the first seven games without any real story (laughs) after like what game what number game is this it's getting to the point where i'm like I need a little more justification, which is funny because, like, I love I, when I say the game looks terrible. I don't mean actually the game looks gorgeous, but especially the cityscapes and stuff like that. The people don't look necessarily that great. 
And it's when it comes sure. down to the, pe- the like the person size stuff, that's when the game starts falling apart. I still love exp- uh, sure. scrabbling across the rooftops and stuff. And yeah. man, I you know what? I really did. Just, I, I crawled up to the top of Saint uh, Saint Paul's Church, and that's that that was kind of like, well, I beat the game. Uh, that's honestly but, that's part of it. That's a huge part of the Assassin's Creed games. It's just being in these beautiful places. Yeah, and if 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 even the story, if they just rebooted the story and just kind of like. If if you were playing as as Jacob and Evie doing stuff for their own good and not just and if their story wasn't necessarily tied to this like completely weightless Assassin's Creed story with like pieces of Eden assassins and Templars, if if it was actually just the, the couple uh, a brother and sister trying to survive in you know 1865 London without all of that Assassin's Creed story shit laid on top of it, I would probably be way more into this game if it was actually about those characters and not, like, tied into this whole, like, uber story that makes patently makes no sense and has no weight to, or any sense to it. That's... I have played <sighs> all the Assassin's Creed games, and even I can't remember what's going on. Yeah, so, and the fact that... But, they... I mean, the thing is, the closest they did to that was in Black Flag, where you have a character who doesn't give a shit about the Assassins or the Templars. Yeah. And uh, it was it was a really good game, but it wasn't a very good Assassin's Creed game. But you know? th- yeah, I don't, yeah, like I said, I'm I'm not quite sure what broke with me this time with this game. But like, so it I can just, totally understand yeah. that. If if the writers of the game can't be bothered to tell me why I should be why should why I should care about these characters, then I've just officially just said, eh, fine, fucking, I don't care anymore. I mean, to, Bill, you're allowed to say fool me once, shame on me. Fool me seven well, times. Well, that's not even the thing where I'm like, because like some people will talk about Assassin's Creed, like, oh, you're still playing that. Don't you know that that game series was terrible? Four games. I'm not even trying to be like that because like I, I can totally understand. I am. A fucking one pussy lip away from being totally into this game. If they just, even if the story was better, like I said, wow. I can totally understand I think why that's you're the into worst it. Way you could phrase that, Bill. I'm just <laughs> it's that close. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, I just, I, and I, I yeah. totally, I 100% get why you feel that way. And I, I think it's that my heart has been so broken with Assassin's Creed that I learned it, but I still get nutrients from it that I just don't. I am still glad to because I still think back when they first announced this. How I mean I was jazzed, but you were fucking euphoric when you found out about like it's gonna be a, like game takes place in the fucking medieval, medieval juice or Jerusalem and have the crusades and this shit. And I'm glad that like almost a decade later that even if you're not quite enjoying it as much as you used to, that you're still having a good time with this series. And I'm, I'm and I'm super I do happy agree. It is way too ponderous under its own weight. I think the best thing they can do at this point is that since they have all these, like, all this weird pseudo-technological and pseudo-mechanical lore going on, the best thing they can do is just, like, literally have an in-universe reboot that just wipes the slate. Yeah, exactly, Like, in yeah. the universe somehow, it's like... They're still all trying to mop up the whole Desmond over. Miles 2012 Aliens pieces of eden thing and if they could just okay, I, come out and say you know what we that's forget about that we're just going to start something new we'll still call it assassin's creed but we're going to have a whole new justification as for as to why you're like doing this thing that would be yeah so i would be on board desmond showed up last night desmond showed up last night what desmond is a core the name of a corgi in a purse <laughs> The Assassin's Creed Syndicate game. At one point, you have a mission where you meet Disraeli's wife, the Prime Minister. Yeah. And uh, she wants to see the seedier parts of London because she has a salacious <laughs> urge. And she has a corgi in a purse named Desmond. And I'm laughing. Does so the hard. corgi have like a little, like, is he dressed like a little uh, corgi assassin? 
<laughs> no, but is it, it's, is it just this purse with a corgi head sticking out of it? And you can tell the only person who had any fun in development of this game was the person who was animating that corgi yeah, yeah. this purse. It's actually kind of a ridiculous. It's such a ridiculous... Again, this is the, the game knows that it's not anything yeah. serious at this point. You literally are guiding through her through the burrow, and the dog in a purse <laughs> kind of has a... Is a mechanic, because she the dog barks whenever there's an enemy nearby and so you have to get clear out all the enemies so that you can walk through unmolested and uh it's just ridiculous it was at that point where i was like assassin's creed syndicate you're okay <laughs> christ almighty well i'm glad to see at least one person out of like that thousand crew member team remembered uh desmond Ma- was it desmond miles Mm-hmm. Oh man! Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Well, all of this, I'm I'm racing through Assassin's Creed Syndicate because I know if I do not beat it by Tuesday, then I will never play it again for the rest of my life. <laughs> I can say maybe if if you had some low time when you're off for Christmas, maybe you might. Go, Ooh, I'm gonna play. Um, nope, nope. This it, Bill. Think how long I played Dragon Age Inquisition, yeah. and that was only quote unquote. Do you think Fallout's gonna be the game, game that really breaks your back when it comes to uh, uh, Dragon Age? This might actually I make you stopped. put Dragon Age back in the case and put it on the shelf and start collecting dust. I did stop playing Dragon Age just because it's so damn long. Like, I really want to see what happens with Maras and, and his journey, but man. Has that game only been out for game. a year? It was last November. Man, it feels like two years ago now. Just from you talking about <laughs> it. Damn, okay. <laughs> Bill is like, I have aged two years listening to Andy. <laughs> I still want to go back and play game. that too. That's the thing. Um, if I ever get hit Again, by a car, I respect that it's not for you. But that's um, that's it's like, a, but it is very much so for me. So uh, yeah, how, are you doing anything special to prepare for Fallout or anything like that? Or are you gonna have like any kind of like little like ritual or like, like a nesting thing you're gonna do? <sighs> So well, I may have roofers over this week while oh, I'm playing I didn't Fallout, think about which will that, disrupt actually, my shit. perfect. Can you tell them just nest. not to show up on Tuesday? Well, I have, uh, so Tuesday I'm at work, uh, and that night I'm gonna get started with the game. My wife actually has a friend in town, and they're, they're gonna come over and make me dinner. And, uh, uh, then, and she, full, I'm like, fully, you have to help me make this character. And then I'm like, and then you guys need to go and, like, go see a movie or something. Yeah. Because I need my alone time with Fallout. And then I have the next few days off. I have, I became obsessed with buying a recliner for Fallout. I'm really glad I didn't because now I have to buy two recliners worth of skylights <laughs> for my house. Um, but yeah, I've got, uh, I've got some comfy pajamas all cleaned and, like, I got my blankets all ready and, like, I just need to get a bunch of food and, uh... Just hunker down and not leave my house for a couple of days. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, because I was like, even I'm like, okay, like, I, I don't want to spend any time cooking, so what kind of snacks should I get? And I was thinking, oh man, I need to get some Benadryl so I can, like, zonk out the night before, make sure I get a full night's sleep, so I'm not, like, sleepy <laughs> when Fallout comes. Because, I'm gonna, yeah, I work from home, so uh, I'm going to be here when Fallout shows. Man, I got really worked up because I was supposed to have a copy. There's a new Nintendo game. It's supposed to be the new Pokemon. It's called Yokoi Watch. It's supposed to be Pokemon oh, yeah. where instead of, like, little monsters, you're catching Japanese ghosts. And that was supposed to arrive on Friday, but the UPS person who was supposed to drop it off uh, must be a brand new UPS guy for our neighborhood because they saw we have an uncovered porch and they thought it was unsafe just to drop off the package on the front porch. So they didn't deliver it. And I was like, which that's not a big deal because I'm not like I can wait until Monday to play that Nintendo game. 
But I was like, oh my god, but what happened? What ha- What am I gonna do if the same thing happens to Fallout? Like they try to deliver it on Tuesday, but if I'm not there, if I can't run upstairs in time to like, like you know, accept the package in person, uh, like, and they don't deliver it, what am I gonna do? Like it wouldn't be the end of the world, <laughs> but still, if I'm expecting that game, and especially if it actually were to show up on the front porch, but like we're not to deliver it because it doesn't look safe. So I actually signed up for like a UPS thing where I could specifically instruct them, like even if I'm not here, just leave it on the uh, on the front porch. I'll pick it up. Don't worry, it's mm-hmm. okay. And uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. And again, not even because it's Fallout, because because it's the biggest game of the year. I wanted to be part of that conversation. I wanted to be able to go online without being spoiled about the first couple hours of the game, that kind of thing. Yeah, I am a little worried because my number one Fallout bro it works from home and is not, is just going to be playing. All yeah, day. that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I'm gonna be nine hours behind. Yeah, <laughs> see, yeah. Aside from the actual what the game is, it's just about that kind of thing where, like, yeah, because you like, I'm not gonna be able to go on Twitter all Tuesday night unless I'm also playing Fallout and can actually like understand what everyone else is talking about. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm just not going to be on Twitter at all for the first week because I'm going to be in the wasteland. And Bye, even everybody. then, like, I'm thinking about, like, grocery, like, I got to go grocery shopping on Monday. So I'm like, what kind of Fallout-friendly snacks can I get? <laughs> like, what kind of, like, and so I actually, well, are you going to get some Nuka-Cola? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I was like, well, if I'm going to pick up any sodas, I should pick up, whatever I do, it should be in a, in a glass bottle just so I can have, you know, one or two glass bottles with the bottle caps with me. And even then I'm like, well, what's, uh, if I pick up any cereal, what's fitting? Well, they do have sugar bomb uh wheat puffs mm-hmm. so i should just pick up some sh- uh, honey smacks and you know that kind of thing and like i was thinking like oh man i should pick up some shish kebabs because like you could always get like radiant iguana tails on a stick you know that kind of thing kind of like i don't know dude i'm just gonna get a crock pot and just make something that i could just like feed from <laughs> like in five minute bursts yeah, exactly, exactly. over the crock pot over a couple just of make days. yourself a week's worth of food so yeah it's just like some kind of sludge <laughs> you could just like intravenously inject into yourself you know um oh my God. something you could put do th- man okay so i'm not up on fallout 4 news they did bring back the, the the garbage cannon for this game right where you could just stuff whatever into it use it as ammo uh, that is not the sort of things that I have been looking into, That's my friend. That's the only thing I care about because that was so fucking fun. <laughs> well, especially because like you like you're walking around, you're carrying out all this garbage with you, and you have a weight limit. If you have a gun that could like you could shoot the garbage that you're carrying as as ammo. Fuck yeah! I never thought of it that way. That's how I, I used that in Fallout like Three. That. that was fucking it, like blowing people's heads off with the, with the fucking teddy bear. Um, <laughs> God damn, I love that. Oh. Fallout. Fallout. Say it loud and there's music playing. Say it soft and it's almost like praying. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, we're going to take a little break so that I can, like, take a bracing walk and splash some water in my face. And then we'll be back for the Geek Week in Review. It's like Chan and Tatum just grounded up on us. We don't know what to do now. Cookie, cookie, cookie. I'm a cookie monster. Break your back. Crack it open like a lobster. Hey friends, we're back. It's time now for the Geek Week in Review. Here in this momentous 200th episode of Boy Howdy Podcast that we're treating like any other episode of the Boy Howdy Podcast. As always... Should we not have like a marching band or something? Like even if it's the marching band from um, Rocky and Bullwinkle? The one where the guy has sure. to clean up after it or something like that. <laughs> um, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, for for all of y'all who've listened to the last 199 episodes of this podcast, this is the part of our show where Bill has written down the news and the week that was, and I am reading his notes off and yep. learning these things. The best the thing time. was that I was just looking at the stats for our last episode. Episode 199 had 199 listens. 
190 <laughs> oh, I was like well, I actually took a screen cap of that because I thought it was really cute <laughs> anyway uh, on to the news in the week that was Twitch's Bob Ross marathon ended on Friday with a bittersweet last episode Bob Ross talking about his hopes for the next season which would never happen and a cute edited voice tone song commissioned by PBS of Bob Ross singing about beauty and hope this is super cute I'm you know which is funny too because on Twitter everyone was exploding about the end of that marathon too I was really sad because my work blocks Twitch, and I haven't ever cared until this Bob Ross marathon, That's and I missed that out. I feel work... like I missed out on a moment. It's interesting that you work savvy enough to block Twitch proactively. Like, yeah, they have a list of streaming of services that they're just like these. Oh, any kind of streamy stuff. Okay. Well, and it's not just that. Like, they block Kotaku because it's related. Like, they block most games related sites. Oh, huh. uh, they well, block. That's good for you. They in block terms of, like, Tumblr. Productivity. Like, oh. they block all sorts of shit, so... Hmm. Okay. Um, Do they block yeah, so Grindr? how was... That I have not experienced myself. Built is Grindr a website or is that an app? Dick. That is an app. Man. So who's the hottest kings of Tampa? Because I heard forever everyone talking about the werewolf guy. The guy who ends up stopping Andy McDowell. And uh, Big Dick so- Rick? Yeah, Big Dick Rick. Every, Big Dick Rick is the hot one. That is the hot one? Okay, I just wanted Hands to see if down. you were part of the consensus. Because I thought it was hot. Um, anyway, so. Big <laughs> Bill, Dick Rick. I like giant beastmen. What what he got beastman face. I can see, so I guess he did play a werewolf on True Blood, which once I found out about yeah, it, I was like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I don't actually want to hear him talk or do... I just want to watch him for a little while. I should just watch True Blood, uh, edited True Blood on mute. Man, Tarzan strip act at the end when they get to the convention. I love how much you can't get over Magic Mike. <laughs> Jesus. This is good. Now we're talking about Bob Ross. I want to hang out with him. I want to be the fat guy who drives the frozen yogurt truck, and I would drive it better than that guy <laughs> did in that movie. Um, Bill, tell me about uh, the Bob Ross marathon. So, no, Bob Ross is really good. I was uh, working with uh, uh, Mike Russell and Dylan here uh, when the finale aired. And we had a good time actually watching those last couple episodes. Uh, Bob Ross brought in his son to do a painting for the next uh, next to last episode. And um, I always, like, I I didn't realize that Bob Ross didn't know he was going to be back for a second, for for a last season. He just died in the interim between, it was, you know, because the last episode they aired was the last season of like the 31st well no it wasn't on for 30 years how long was bob ross on for like maybe 10 years or something like that it just happened to be the last episode of that season and but he just never came back for another season i guess he died maybe around a year after that episode aired and he really did um i'd been watching a couple episodes the night before the finale aired and in like the year between those episodes were recording and the the finale was recording you could see he aged like visibly too which is kind of a bummer but he was still like he was painting well and he had it seemed to be having a good time um i can't did i talk about this last week because the 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 marathon had started last week um there was an episode that aired uh it was like on wednesday and i guess it was the first episode that aired after his wife had died because his wife died just like a year Mm. or two before he did and the episode that, that was the first one that was recorded after his wife died was really weird because he used this painting technique that I'd never used before. Because usually Bob Ross, he starts off with, you know, with a flat white canvas. So he just starts painting on it. This one, he starts off on a uh, canvas that he had already pre-painted and let dry. And by pre-painting it, what he had done was just took a bunch of black and blue paint and just, like, did all these, like, big brushy, like, blotches all over it. And he paint, used that as the background. He started painting kind of clouds and stuff on top of the black and blue blotches. And uh, the black and blue blotches kind of like added this weird, 
super grim like foreboding background and like the 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 painting turned out to be like the yeah the super dark foreboding like almost like Lord of the Rings painting of like this like really dreary mountain range and this is one of the few times you'll ever see Bob Ross paint something that's not just like happy trees and stuff and he was still like painting happy trees it's not like he was like painting angrily or anything like that but you could totally see like it was kind of him mourning through his painting yeah and it was really interesting and like the chat picked up on it everyone's like oh man this episode's kind of fucked up it's kind of sad. And, like, the next next episode after that, he's back painting, like, happy little snowy mountains with, like, little creek, you know, creeks in a cabin and stuff like that. But that one sure, painting was, like, yeah. Ugh. Uh, but the last episode, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Um, And, yeah, the fact that they uh, ended it with, I guess, yeah, PBS commissioned someone to do, you know, like, how someone, people make songs out of, like, they might, make, like, take, like, the Peanuts and just take a bunch of sound clips from the Peanuts and edit that to kind of, like, make a musical like a song sure like by auto like pitching an auto-tune up. sort of yeah thing. so they kind of did that with bob ross just talking about his paintings while he's painting like saying happy little tree happy little tree i like happy little tree painting and beauty like that kind of thing and that was kind of cute um it's one of those things where it sounds like kind of saccharine and maudlin but all three of us watching it we're like oh we're all kind of little tearing up a little bit while watching it was actually yeah. like really cool um yeah yeah and then it ended with a countdown for something that the countdown's not gonna, it doesn't end for like three days, but it's still part of the Bob Ross channel. So I don't know if they're gonna redo the whole marathon again, or just maybe start regularly airing just more episodes on that channel. But I don't know. So that's huh, pretty good. Interesting. Yeah, a good way for. That's just not, it's. Yeah. It just seems like it was a lovely little. It was a lovely moment. A lovely moment on the internet, and those don't happen all that often. Yeah, and it was a really good way for Twitch to kick off its creative channel too but yeah no exactly it was actually like a good thing to happen on the internet and then like the 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 chat for that last episode was consistently very sweet and wasn't like a bunch of fuckers just like typing garbage it was actually yeah it was super cool so and it wasn't sarcastically like oh man this is so great this is so stupid it was like everyone like being like legitimately like oh don't go bob we love you bob yeah so yeah in other news, there was a very pretty Japanese Star Wars trailer and TV spot showing all kinds of new stuff. Sunset TIE Fighters, X-Wing Gun Cam, etc., etc. Yeah, did you see any of this? I haven't. I'm trying to go radio silent on Star Wars, so I That's uh, why I didn't type it. anything more spoil. No, no, that's a super... They've actually been a good job, even with this new Japanese trailer, not showing anything like very story-centric, but just... There's like shots and stuff like this you you've never seen in a Star Wars movie before in terms of just like 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 yeah there's one shot where it's just a camera essentially tied to the side of this computer generated X-wing fighter as it's like flying through this 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 this, this gun battle and there's this other oh, that sounds very Battlestar Galactic yeah exactly <laughs> and there's another shot with these Tie fighters just flying through the sky in front of like this like sunset with like kind of this long distance very kind of like widescreen angle that just looks very kind of apocalypse now and just like the imagery looks like stuff you haven't necessarily seen in a Star Wars movie before so it looks very very nice. cool uh, yeah just in terms of like shooting style and things. Um, so, Bill, in this moment, how are you feeling about the new Star Wars? Man, I'm feeling? kind of everything that I'm kind of surprised how consistently that everything has appeared in any of these trailers hues to the spoilers that came out about two years ago about what this movie would be about. Uh, the spoilers that are out there now, I kind of like there's a lot of stuff. Most of the spoilers are actually there's by spoilers, I mean, quote unquote spoilers, because there's not too much like the ending of this movie isn't really out there although i think i have a good idea what the, like the last two minutes of the movie are going to be and i'm kind of curious to see what people's reaction are going to be but 
it's if if the movie really hews to the spoilers the way it seems like it's gonna it'll be i'm, I'm more i'm kind of curious to see what the audience reaction is going to be because they're going to do some kind of things that are going to kind of that sound kind of cool that might piss off a lot of people but i uh, will see we'll see i'm i'm, I'm kind of hopefully well, I mean, i'm, I'm kind of so you are hopefully optimistic i'm actually kind of like i'll be kind of curious to see how they pull some of this stuff off in terms of this one yeah. movie i don't know what the scope of the whole this like is it's going to be a three movie story that they're setting up with this first movie and i don't know how that's going to shake out but this one movie right. i can kind of see there's a couple things they're doing with like luke skywalker and the force and stuff like that that are that are going to be controversial that i'm kind of like hmm, i'm kind of curious to see how that's if what, what, what that's going to look like on the big screen and how people are going to react to that because there's i don't know it's hard yeah I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of mildly optimistic a little bit though, so we'll see. That's good. Um, yeah. Huh. Uh, in other news, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are gonna help uh, and try and bring back the great American hero, Bill almost typed Greatest American Bake Off for Fox. <laughs> um, how many projects are those dudes signed to right now? Enough that like, I can't I imagine like... that they can, like, you almost wonder if they're just, like, randomly signing off on projects rather than, like, how much can they meaningfully, like, participate in all the stuff that they're working on now? Because they, they're making a Han Solo movie. That seems to be their big yeah. thing is that they're writing and directing a Han Solo movie. Um, I know they're working on another Lego movie. Are they they're working at least on an animated it. Spider-Man movie? Yeah. They're working on a Lego they're movie. They're working on... Aren't they working on... They're working on a superhero movie, aren't they? Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. Not the Spider-Man movie? An- another superhero movie. Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, technically, this a is a superhero project. Have you ever seen The Greatest American Hero? I know of it, but I it was not of my time. This is almost a project like they would have come up with because it was a TV show in the early 80s about this guy. I think he's just a high school teacher who's out in the middle of the desert and he finds a briefcase that just happens to have a, su- a superhero suit inside that comes from space. Aliens have left this superhero suit on Earth so someone will find it and do good things and try to help out the rest of humanity but this guy loses the instruction manual that comes with the suit so he doesn't know how it works but he still tries to keep on going out to help people but he can't control his powers so it's very stupid and dopey but the show it was it was when i was a kid that that was that show was the shit um so i looked it up on uh, on the ever reputable wikipedia always accurate Apparently, they are producing the Lego Batman movie and a Lego Ninjago movie. They are writing the Lego sequel, The Flash, and the animated Spider-Man Oof. film. And they are directing the Han Solo movie. Oof. Wow. That, that's, yeah. Oh, that's right, because I think Larry Kasdan's writing that. Okay, so at least... Oof. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, the funny thing is they could kind of take the last man on Earth. If they get bored with that, they could just turn that into the greatest American hero. You just have Phil Miller... <laughs> discover the super suit right in the middle of the arizona desert have you been keeping up with that show no it's too grim we gave up like four episodes in the first season really episodes in the first season because yeah. he finds other people no i know he does it doesn't mean it's not grim dude it is consistently <laughs> uh the last episode i saw he was stuck in a they put him in a dog cage he got fucked up he was in some he was in some stocks like you know, like the old medieval, like you know, put put your hands and neck in the in the wooden stocks and display in the public square. He's not having a good time. <laughs> that character is a fucking dickhead. Yeah, um, yeah, he is actually. He's asking for everything he's getting. Uh, also, uh, you did miss uh, right after the Star Wars news. There is a little bit of Star Trek stuff. I know you love. Yeah, I know. I heard. 
I heard about this new Star Trek series incoming, but it'll be online only and from the writer of the new Abrams Treks movies who wasn't a Star Trek fan. Yeah, so this this, this does is not such sound a good. doomed enterprise. You have to like it's not even through Netflix or Hulu or a reputable streaming service. You have to get in on CBS's streaming service. It's only six dollars a month to subscribe to CBS's all a- but Annie, it's it's CBS all access, which means you get everything. You get all access. <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna what else is on cbs that they could even this uh, this sounds fucking great this is like if you were gonna bring back star trek this is the worst possible way you could do it uh i would yeah. love there's still like there's always like that like 10 percent chance it could be good but even if it's good it's gonna be locked behind this paywall that so no one's gonna see it there's oh and this and movie is come on bill you can watch the big bang theory you can watch the amazing race oh you know what i didn't realize that was a cbs thing so that actually might kind of push towards because they'll they'll he, hmm. here are some things you may actually like bill uh you can stream cheers oh that's actually you can pretty stream good family ties okay you can stream good old fraser actually the good wife is kind of work worth it right there okay both the original and the reboot of hawaiian 50 uh i love lucy Okay, so there's not totally terrible thing. But MacGyver. for six months a month, you know what's free? I know. The internet dumpsters. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. The it's, big thing, too, yeah. is also, yeah, this is, um, so the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, the all two of them, um, they were written by two of his people who also, like, so there's two guys, one of which was known to be a Star Trek fan. He was the one guy involved in those movies who was like, okay, I'm a Star Trek fan. I'm the guy who guide you through all the Star Trek stuff. We like, you have to drop and make sure this, like these movies work in continuity with the old Star Trek movies. He petitioned really hard to be like, he actually did. I think he did actually score the, the, the director's seat for the new Star Trek movie after JJ Abrams left. But then he acted like such an asshole. He got shit canned. And so now he's not involved with Star Trek anymore. His writing partner, who is very proudly a, a non-fan of Star Trek, he's the guy now bringing back the new Star Trek show. Which is weird. I just... Yeah. It's... That does not bode well. Um, And this Oof. guy, the only th- other stuff... Yeah, if you look at the stuff that this guy has written... Yeah, it's Transformers. It's... It's it's all bad things. This guy can't write. And you're kind of like, if you look at this guy's resume, you're kind of surprised that the Star Trek movies turned out as well as they did with this guy involved. And yeah, to put him in charge of the future of Star Trek is just, yeah. I feel bad for... It's also just upsetting because I feel like there's a certain class of writers and directors where they would kill to be on a Star Trek series. Brian Fuller has been tearing his teeth out to get this chance to bring back Star Trek. And they won't let him, but yeah. then they give it to the rando guy. Um, yeah. Would I you guess want a, tw- a Brian Fuller Star Trek? Well, Brian Fuller, he, I mean, he was he wrote for Star Trek in the past, and the stuff he wrote was pretty good. Um, yeah. Why not? I mean, I'd, I'd rather have Brian Fuller. Uh, Brian Fuller more... There's people who I'd... I'd, I'd if, if God gave me the chance to like put someone in charge of Star Trek, I would, there's people who I would choose before Brian Fuller, but there's not a lot of people... Brian Fuller would still be better than most people, though. Sure. He knows the material. He's worked on the show, and he can be a great writer. And he's... <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I just looked up Brian Fuller's Twitter feed to see if he responded. And so he posted, he retweeted somebody who made a mashup uh, Hannibal Star Wars movie poster <laughs> that says Hannibal Wars. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. Let me see. I gotta check this out. Wow. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I think wow, I blocked wow, him because wow. he, was, he was so chatty during commentaries for uh, airings of Hannibal. Uh, let's yeah. see. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Oh, yeah. I see. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Friends, I'm sorry. This is the part of the podcast where we look at something online and get distracted. Hannibal. Um, so, Hannibal wow. is officially not coming back, right? Did they ever come out and say it's, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, good, it's yeah. super dead. Okay. It's super dead. Hannibal was good times. Even when I, even with the second season, I didn't care for the second season onwards, but I still need to go back and finish the third season because the first episodes I saw that were, were, were promising. But I, I, I've talked at length about my feelings in the third season. It's striking as hell. Brian I was surprised. Fuller. What's Brian Fuller doing these days? Seriously. He's making a version of that the American Gods for HBO. Uh, oh, that man. Neil that's Gaiman a waste book. of talent. Anyway, anyway. Anyway. Hey, guys. Did you know that the BBC announced that they're going to put on a production of His Dark Materials? Man, Bill notes, has it already been almost 10 years since the movie version of The Golden Compass yeah, came out? Yeah. I was thinking, like, oh, man, that movie just came out. I'm kind of surprised they're going to give it to the BBC so quick. And I'm like, that nah, came out in 2006. Shit. Was it that long ago? That's what I'm saying. As old. That means it's that long since my wife met first met Sam Elliott because she met him uh, right after right when he was doing press for that's uh, what I'm saying. that movie. Yeah. Uh, the, do we know anything about the talent involved in this adaptation? Uh just something uh New Line Cinema is somehow involved in this. This is the first time BBC has worked with any kind of like Hollywood studio for anything like that. I don't I have, but uh, the vague they haven't talked anything about in terms of like who's writing or directing anything. Like it's, this was just the BBC saying, "Hey, we just optioned the his dark materials." Yeah, New New Line Cinema own I'm sure still owns the rights because I think they did the movie, did they right? Do the movie? The, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I, I still haven't so. seen that movie. Um <laughs> Well, if you're fine. I'm kinda surprised. So yeah, what what are your feelings about his dark materials altogether? Uh, I can't remember much of it. I really mostly remember how I remember enjoying it just fine. I remember enjoying the first one just fine. I remember the last, the second one read like someone had a nervous breakdown in the middle of it. Cause <laughs> holy shit, all that shit about the alien planet and the scientists and like becoming Adam and Eve again. And the aliens are like aliens? those weird bicycle creatures. Do you not remember that's this? the third the one? That, that's all the third one. Is that the third one? Yeah, the second one is fuck. just is just uh, Lyra meeting the hot, sexy kid with the knife and jumping between dimensions. But it's the third one. That's where, yeah, like that half the book is spent with weird alien. Are they even aliens? With the, with the wheels, from? the nut yeah, with like wheels. giant with giant like coconuts for wheel. They're kind of like the wheelers from Return to Oz, but they have giant coconut wheels or something like that. And, like she's it's learning. like it was such a weird fucking like. And it does, that that's all I can remember. And it does all very explicit. Not well. It is not. Ex- it's about as explicit as you can be without being explicit. That yeah, like the 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 twelve year old heroine fucks a twelve year old boy in the forest clearing, and it's totally an Adam and Eve thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it's, well, and the lady scientist who's with them is like, hey, here's how sex works, guys. Good luck with that. Yeah. As a whole, <laughs> I still think that series hangs together really well. I need to go back and reread it. But yeah, that I mean, third. You gotta love. You gotta love a YA book that ends with. A god, like them letting an old and demented god, god. out of a 
cage cell and then Mercy killing him. Uh huh. That's a hell of a. Th- that's all. Those are the two things I remember from his. While Sia Sim Elliot's character is like a ghost in a balloon with a bunny rabbit watching God die or something like that. Like yeah, that that yeah. It's. I remember really liking the first one. I remember really liking um. Who's the name of the lady protagonist? Lyra Bellalacqua. Lyra? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember really liking her, and I remember really feeling heartache for her. Like, my, I liked how tra- sadly it ended. Yeah. And it just fucking broke my heart. These are, that, I described the three things I can remember from his Dark Materials, too. Yeah. It was a good series, though. Yeah, because it ends with, like... I guess we shouldn't talk too much spoilers, but we just did talk about the whole thing. I said it ends with God dies. Yeah, it ends with God dying. Her boyfriend ends up having to go back into another dimension, and but like he can, can they kind of see each other, feel each other a little bit through the through the thin veil between dimensions or something like that? I it's don't like know. I think they can get glimpses of each other's or lives, but they like, can't. It's enough. Yeah, it's enough to remind anything. themselves of each other, but they can never communicate again, and it's kind of like a heartachey kind of like yeah. <sighs> My heart will always go on. Exactly, exactly. Uh, anyway, Duncan hold on a second. Finally got Whoa, what's happening? Is it time or is it what? What What? just happened? What did just happen? Bill, explain it to me. I think we've traveled into the future. Wait, let me check my 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 3DS. What time is it? It's... Oh no, it's a day in the future now. What happened? Is it no longer Sunday at like 1 p.m.? Is it now a different time, Bill? Annie, I think your sheer force of will to want to play Fallout <laughs> has projected us 24 hours closer to the launch of Fallout 4. That it sounds is- remarkably likely. When we yeah. started... What? Just moments ago was Sunday afternoon. Now it's Monday, 8, 10 p.m. Pacific time on Monday, November 10th, 2015. It's a red letter date in the history of science. Um, Yeah, we had kind of a problem last night where my end of the recording got all fucked up. So we're recording the last half hour of this podcast, which is a real shame because we had this really sentimental, heartfelt Shout out to all of our boy howdy listeners at the because this is this is still supposed to be our two hundredth episode. Shh, Bill, spoilers. We'll just reconstitute it. And no one will know. I know exactly. No one will know. Well, we're gonna have to remember all six of our listeners again. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we are now a uh, day into the future. Um, Annie, are you getting so you're getting Fallout in the mail tomorrow from Amazon? Yes. So yes, I have to deal with the fact that I know that in twenty four hours I will be playing Fallout. Has it shipped? Yeah. Okay. Uh, mine shipped, but it's not arriving until Wednesday. Oh, that's horseshit. They did that to me with uh, fucking Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, this is the other thing. So Amazon had a whole bunch of problems. It sounds like m- the majority of people are getting the Pip-Boy editions from uh, from Amazon are getting delayed shipments uh, by a day or two. Ooh. I think um, uh, Iggy Meets Heroin. Oh, God, I forgot a real name. Uh, Kelly. I thought Kelly. they were just getting the vanilla. Di- vi- well, but yeah, she's like not trinkets. getting it until Thursday. Um, yeah. so yeah, every, uh, uh, yeah, Amazon started shipping its stuff out li- uh, late last night and into this morning, and yeah, a lot of people are getting delayed shipments. Uh, doesn't seem to be entirely consistent, but yeah, we're, we're both, she's more, a little more screwed than I am. Um, I don't have to worry so much because I will be messing around with my new iPhone while I'm waiting for <laughs> Fallout 4 to arrive. You got an iPhone? I pulled the trigger. I've... 
there's been a couple things no, that have happened you, recently. You need a smartphone. You um, really do. I, I was supposed to meet up with some people at the Portland Retro Game. Did, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show because I talked about this with a couple people. Uh, I was supposed to meet up with some people at the Portland Retro Gaming Show last month that I missed out on because I don't have like I have text, but like I don't have like instant messaging or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my mom's kind of gone a little bit crazy ever since my dad died last year, so she wants to text me more often, and. Which is, that's cool, but, you know, she just wants to, and then, um, I, well, and then Master of None just came out, and half of that show is all about, um, iPhone humor, and I'm watching the show, and it's fucking hilarious, but, like, every other joke, like, old people have uh, smartphones, and I'm just sitting here going, old people have dings, I don't have dings. I don't get text messages or anything like that. Yeah. And I have to admit, I hate to admit the Pip-Boy edition of Fallout 4 was kind of like the trigger where I was like, fine, fuck it, okay. Because I started seeing the reviews, because everyone started posting the reviews of the Pip-Boy edition today. Yeah. Of, like, the functionality of the app and everything like that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Because, like, actually, the big thing is that like, you can just have the map live displaying as you're traveling the wasteland. So I said, oh, fine, fuck it, I'll get that. Yeah. So, um... So, yeah, I'll be messing Man, with that because tomorrow. you mentioned that, I just casually checked my tracking for my order because I got an email confirmation saying, oh yeah, you'll get it on Tuesday, you'll get it on Tuesday. Now that I check my tracking, it's saying Wednesday at 8pm. Really? Are you fucking kidding me? Did you uh, have... This is this is the second time Amazon... Did this to me with Inquisition. Um, and I cannot believe this horse shit. Oh wait, no, 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 I can be... What are you doing to me, Amazon? Okay. I can't handle this. I just... Okay, Amazon said Wednesday. Now I check UPS. They say originally scheduled for Wednesday. Now scheduled for early delivery on Tuesday. Oh, wait, now I have to you- check mine. So, okay, so what the Amazon... I can't, be- I can't believe this podcast turned into us just bitching about Amazon. Okay, so here's the other thing that happened. So I called up Amazon to say, hey, what's going on? Because Amazon was telling me it was still going to be delivered on Tuesday. I can't believe we're just talking about a 24-hour delay. It's not the end of the world. I can. Oh, I know. What's that? Because you set aside time. You have... Where's... I I took fucking vacation. I know. Exactly. Yeah. Um... So I called up Amazon, and they said, the customer representative said that at the last minute, Bethesda pushed back the official release date by a day. Uh, in terms of Amazon distributing it. So if you call up Amazon, they can't give you any kind of credit because usually like when there's some kind of delivery kerfuffle sure. with Amazon, they'll, at least if you have like a prime membership, they'll extend it by a month or something like that. They said they can't even do that in this case because because technically, because Bethesda delayed the, re- the technical official release date through Amazon by 24 hours, if you still get that game on Wednesdays, technically you're still getting release date delivery. And Amazon sure, yeah. is not in a position to owe you anything um which granted like a free month of prime membership doesn't help you know because you want to play the game the day comes out especially if you set aside time and taking time off to go play the game i better get it tomorrow because now ups says it is in portland yeah so and so this is the thing where the reason i got in touch with amazon is because Amazon was telling me that my package was, that I thought it was going to arrive tomorrow, but UPS was telling me Wednesday. And mm. it was just like Amazon hadn't updated, but all the UPS was actually correct. It was a whole kind of like miscommunication oh, okay. and stuff. Actually, I'm going to ch- ch- double check mine. It should still yeah. be Wednesday. You check yours right now. God damn. God I not, damn. I can't. 
It's been, okay, so I worked 11 hours at work today without break. Oh. And because I'm trying to get, I have a big deadline due Tuesday, and I'm oh. trying to get all my shit in order so I can yeah. take off this vacation. That was a little flight that I didn't need. I was just talking, I, we, before we started re-recording, excuse me, during this ti- lost time <laughs> jump that I can't remember, yeah. I vaguely remember talking to my mom, and my mom was like, seven years, I can't think of anything I've waited seven years for. That must be really exciting Has for it you. been seven like, years? Is it, is, it's been seven years since the last Fallout? Since the last Fallout, Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. And uh, I started getting all emotional talking to my mom about it, and uh, fuck. <gasps> I'm too delicate a creature. Okay, now I'm getting the schedule for early delivery on Tuesday. <laughs> that means when's my f- my phone's not gonna be now. I now I can get somebody my phone's good and I can't really start playing the game because I want to start with the pit boy. Ah, boo boo, white boy oh, problems. Bill, I know exactly. <laughs> uh, you know the best part thing with the phone thing though is because you directed me towards a very cheap smartphone carrier. And I started yeah. talking to my housemate, Joshin, who he makes his living off of helping people with Mac and iPhone problems. And sure, he was yeah. like, oh, I've heard something similar to that that's even a little bit cheaper than what Annie suggested. Because he had heard about the same thing that you suggested to me. And mm-hmm. he directed me towards this, is it ConsumerCellular.com? Uh, it's, hmm. a, it's a site that works in conjunction with AARP, the old retirement company. Really? That offers cell phone, smartphone service to old people. So their smartphone plans are totally up my alley because it's all like, do you only make two calls a month? Do you only yeah. use two bits of data? We have plans for you. And so they literally have one plan that is you just pay per 25 cents per call. <laughs> like not even oh, a yeah. plan where it's like you have minutes. It's just pay 25 cents per call. That's it. So if you only make like two calls a month, you pay 50 cents. I actually, I don't think it's 25 cents per call. I think it's 25 um, cents per minute per call. But still, yeah. If you only make like maybe two, three, three minute phone calls in a month, you're, you know, you're still saving money over like paying $25 or something. And so, yeah, I kind of got, so I've got that. I'm going to, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I've got, oh, people playing. And Joshin was like, well, if you do this, it'd be great because I want to recommend, I want to, I want to, I could use someone to like check this out to Isn't see like if I should, guinea pig? yeah, to be the guinea pig. Cause he'd like to see how this would work is he has, he works with a lot of old people. Cause a lot of old people, they have devices like this and they don't know how to use them or they're always trying to find the cheapest option. And Jojo's always heard good things about these people, but this is not interesting podcast talk, but I seriously, <laughs> no, Bill, we're talking about UPS deliveries and cell phone plans. <laughs> this know, is exactly, riveting. Yeah podcast information well worth interrupting the geek we can review for um yeah but i don't know how we know i guess the time travel into the future we've like (laughs) somehow like lived those lives for 24 hours and like i I don't know i don't know how we have gained that experience but what 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 else is going on bill you know what i have a proposal why don't we resume the geek we can review let us do that here in the future less than 40 (laughs) minutes before the release of fallout 4 uh, uh, does, does, does it bite your ass at all even knowing that you have to wait until to well you have to go to work and everything tomorrow but knowing that yeah, if you just downloaded it you could just download it in 40 minutes and be playing within an hour well you know I was talking to a friend of mine who's playing on PC who's like my number one Fallout buddy and she was saying she's like do I stay up and do I just start it and I was like no you give, you know, you, you know what you do. You go to sleep early. You wake up tomorrow. You have some fucking coffee, and you uh, go into it bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, giving it all the attention and love it deserves. Yeah, that's the way to go. Oh man, 
Oh, man, because I was going to get, like, groceries and stuff. I'm not... If it actually does arrive tomorrow, now I'm going to be caught with my pants down. Also, I totally forgot to start broadcasting this this podcast. So no one's actually hearing us. Uh, anyway, monkey pants. Um, hey, did you know that we're doing the Geek Week in... Excuse me, the Geek Week in... <laughs> the part of the podcast where we talk about news in the week that was? Why news like, for example, Duncan Jones finally got mute off the ground. It'll star one of the guys from True Blood, Alexander Skarsgård, and Paul Rudd. Apparently, it also has a, a small performance by Sam Rockwell of yeah, Moonfame. I got some weird deja vu. It's like we already did this before. <laughs> it's like this sounds familiar. For those of y'all, uh, long-time listeners of the Boy Howdy podcast, of course, know that Mute is Duncan Jones. Uh, and he plays it's Mute. <laughs> the gentleman who did um, uh, both Moon and Source Code and the upcoming World of Warcraft movie. This is his tribute to Blade Runner. Yeah, um, yeah, he, he's done. He's managed to scrounge up a little bit of uh, uh, pre-production art and everything for the for the movie. Well, not even for the movie, but just for the movie pitch because he's been trying to get this movie off the ground I, 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 even before so- Source Code. Right after he was done with Moon, he came out and said, "I want my next movie to be this uh, movie about this." Um, it would be about a mute bartender in Berlin 40 years from now who his wife or his girlfriend gets kidnapped and he's trying to find her. And, yeah, it's supposed to take place in, like, very Blade Runner version of Berlin. Like, yeah, it really is kind of like Blade Runner, That's how Blade cool. Runner was, like, made in 1982 and that was supposed to be Los Angeles in 40 years. Um, right. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm glad to see he's finally got, like, financing and a cast put together for that. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be involving somehow Sam Rockwell, which will be yeah. interesting because he's always said that, that uh, mute is supposed to take place in the same universe as... Uh, as Moon, so it'll be, I don't know, I don't know if they'll, you'll see, like, Sam Rockwell's character from Moon just, like, walking in the background in a shot or something like huh. that. Yeah, know. sure. I don't know, we'll Did, I, I vaguely remember that he was going to take the Darren Afronsky Noah route, where there was going to be a comic adaptation of his screenplay. He announced, like, a year or two ago that, like, he and Dark Horse were in conjunction. They were just going to take the screenplay and instead turn it into yeah. a comic book, because, like, all these movies are starting off as comic books, and then, then they get opted in the films, and I guess maybe they didn't, I don't know, I'm assuming they must have the comic book halfway done, I don't know if they're going to complete that and still publish that no one said anything about the comic since hmm. this news about the movie came out but no oh, we'll see what happens but interesting um, but speaking of duncan jones also this week there was a uh, blizzard con the world of warcraft uh convention yeah. and uh, they released a new trailer for duncan jones warcraft movie what'd you think uh boy howdy i was watching that and the whole time i was thinking this is not for me <laughs> i yeah, am not it's... the demographic of this movie <laughs> yeah as i remember talking about this when we talked about it last night yeah uh, i did recognize one part in, in 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 the trailer where there's like a bunch of little huts in the desert which was like yeah. uh, a place populated by cows in the real game for in like the three They're months i played it people. that's where i died for the last time with my character <laughs> i crossed the ocean and went to like the world of warcraft's version of africa which is populated by cow people, which are the people that you always said if you ever played World of Warcraft, you would play as. Yeah. And they the beat my ass. The of, of Warcraft I played, I played a Tauren. Yeah. yeah. And I got off the boat as my little dwarf, Juki, and they just beat my brains into the ground. And so it looks like you see a little <laughs> bit of that in the background of one of the shots. You see you see flecks of Juki <laughs> yeah. in the earth. Um, people are already kind of tearing it apart because, yeah, some of the CG in that uh, trailer looked uh, really underbaked. What are you going to do? The movie still doesn't come out for, like, is it, like, coming out next? summer i guess yeah i think so and isn't it 
seems like it's going to be like 75% CGI. And, well, yeah, that's what I was saying. At this point, it almost, you almost kind of wonder why they just don't get that. Uh, it's Was it the studio Blur who did I think they do all the cinematics for the World of Warcraft games. And like uh-huh. they did all the cinematics and all the ad cinematics and stuff for like the Knights of the Old Republic RPG. Well, the new one. What are they like? Like they're they're known for like producing really good video. I don't know. Sure. Blizzard does its own in- in-house animation. I don't know. I have no. But anyway, that studio Blur is known for being super expensive. It costs like a million dollars per minute of animation. Well, although then again, if you're making a ninety-minute movie, that's technically if that only costs ninety mi- ninety million dollars for Hollywood, that's actually kind of cheap. I don't know. Yeah, it's- it'll it'll be interesting because like w- it's very clear that New Line Cinema or whoever did this was like we want to we want in on that sweet Hobbit dollars. Yeah, but it, yeah, it does beg the question: When are we just gonna get? When are they just gonna go the last mile and we just get a full CGI film? And, and I think I don't know when we will because CGI is so. Like, just something that is... You only have purely CGI films that are for kids. Yeah. Aside and, from like, Beowulf, and that ba- that was a huge well, disaster. Exactly. It made negative $80 billion, <laughs> so that will never happen again. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, it'll finally push When it your over. pitch is, like, this could be like Game of Thrones, but Minions. <laughs> That's not attractive to anybody. Bill, you've read my pornographic fan fiction. But, All yeah, right. seriously, when a movie like this is already literally, 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 like, 80% CGI... Yeah. And enough yeah. that it makes the human character stick out like a sore thumb because even the best... It's Industrial Light and Magic. They're the best special effects company in the world with, like, a $200 million budget. Would you say they're still the best special effects What it gives them a run for their money, it depends. It depends. It depends on the feature and how the CGI is being utilized because, I mean, uh, as terrible as the Transformers movies are, those robots do, like, in terms of just the photorealistic rendering of those robots, the designs of the robots are also terrible. But, like... Yeah. I still has their moments. Wet is wet is definitely tickling their asshole with its tongue, but wow, who who You've would read that erotic fan fiction <laughs> too? Good. Who would be the Glad other contender it. if it's not ILM? Um, I fucking don't, Bill. You would know better than I would. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a uh, uh, Leica. Uh, we got uh, fucking uh, Ragnar Lothbrok from World uh, from Vikings playing what seems like more or less the same character. Banging on a half-orc <laughs> lady, who fortunately is human enough to be fuckable. So. Yeah. Oh, that's the green lady, we're, again, we were talking about yesterday. Yeah, that's the lady that... stop cl- alluding the things we talked about yesterday. I'm just saying, I got strong... <laughs> no one listening knows this. This is why I'd be the worst <laughs> Doctor Who companion, because I would always be calling out like, didn't we do this shit last week, Doctor? Um, boy, your TARDIS is always bigger on the... Out- every episode, I never get let- over it. Don't um, let the scales fall from the eyes of our podcast listeners, my friends. Yeah, exactly. You gotta... Um. So, oh yeah, uh, the the uh, yeah the sexy green lady, the pig lady. Um. <laughs> is she half orc? Is that the idea? That's my assumption. What else could she be? Well, why she she's yeah? You think she'd be a little more? You do see actual like ugly orc women in that trailer. It's not you like do... all the all the all the orc ladies in that thing are like super hot. Ugly, but, Bill, watch your human privilege. I know, man. <laughs> so, I'm assuming she, like, she's, she must be a known character, because the way Claire Hummel online, who is a fantastic... Claire Hummel is great. She should be designing all movies all the time, everywhere. Um, she's one of the best artists online working. She's doing stuff for HBO now right now, but she's she has a really good head for character design and storytelling through character design, and I'm kind of amazed she is not, like, the head 
character designer for like Star Wars or something like that. Uh, not to say that you know she, she's she's slumming at HBO, but I'm kind of surprised. So no one's picked her up. I'm surprised she's not doing like the the, the character. Who's the character designer for like Dragon Age? Matt Rhodes. Yeah, she's that kind of quality. Not that she the... draws just like Matt Rhodes, but she's I don't know. Anyway, so she was the first person to point out how disappointing it was that you have this character who I guess I looked her up and she has a known character in the World of Warcraft games and it seems like her character has been represented in the games as being a little more animalistic a little more bestial but not as bad as like the pure-blooded orc females where they are just kind of like there's they're smaller pig people really um but yeah it's a little she really is just a hot girl in green makeup with pig tusks Although I'm kind of surprised they gave her the pig tusks because even the pig tusks are pretty big. I'm kind of surprised they even went Dude, that far. Dude, that's the best with it. element, right? Straight up. Um, <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised. I'm kind of wondering how she's going to talk through because like, imagine having two giant pig tusks and trying to talk through those. Even as an as an actress on stage would just be really rough. Um, so ah, uh, yeah, it's a little. Uh, who knows? It's it, it's. A, I'm trying to decide how much of it I can lay on the feet of it just being a poorly edited trailer. Yeah. Versus you know anything else did we know. talk about the know. new star wars trailer stuff we must have earlier in the episode uh um, yes we did but how don't you... you remember bill it was only moments ago yeah it was only two seconds ago but per i just feel like 24 hours ago <laughs> all the poutine i had for breakfast yesterday already wore off my super energy is low hey bill did you know that in the next bullet in the geek we can review notes <laughs> quote and i'm gonna say this the way bill has written it out because it will delight him open quote fantastic <laughs> breasts and where to find them close close and an arrow pointed at annie's chest um, thanks bill uh, yeah so uh entertainment weekly this week released some photos from fantastic beasts and where to find them the harry potter extreme prequel about uh, the adventures of newt's commander don't tell me damn it i just said don't tell me you said as newt's i was saying is it pronounced that way newt's commander though Buddy, I've only read it. It's Newt Scamander, the Ska Commander. Yes, in my <laughs> Harry Potter fan fiction. Pick it up, um, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> Newt no, I, 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 That's a great Star admit, Wars name, actually. I admit, perhaps once in a different universe, when Bill had noted this, I had not seen anything, and perhaps in this universe, <laughs> yeah, we're in this I have alternate now timeline now, this. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it, the art direction looks pretty fun. I'm pretty excited about seeing about the wizarding deco Harry Potter. Yeah, it's still it's being directed by David Yates, the guy who directed the last twelve Harry Potter movies. <laughs> um, that guy really did just kind of well after everyone else fall fell away. He was like, you know, fuck it, I'll finish this goddamn fucking quadrilogy. Can you blame him? I um, mean, people are upset because it is, I guess, Newt's commander, Scamander. I Jesus Christ. <laughs> I whoever the fuck his name is fucking Doctor Who he looks like fucking Doctor Who I guess he travels from England to 1920s New York and I guess a big chunk of the game is supposed to take place in 1920s Harlem and people are pointing out there doesn't seem to be any black people <laughs> in this movie mm. especially there's no uh, the main cast of uh, specifically some lily, lily white ass looking motherfuckers especially for a movie sure. that's supposed to take place largely in Harlem I guess and yeah. uh, J.K. Rowling yeah. who wrote the screenplay she directly wrote the screenplay for this she came out and said specifically that's actually supposed to be a story point because in 1920s American New York it's 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 the oh well we didn't even talk about this it's the nomage society that's 
racist and divided whereas the magic using community once we see that they are actually all integrated and stuff not that there's any black that means that that doesn't lead to any main uh, minority characters actually joining the main cast at that point but i guess i don't know it's i guess we're gonna see a magic cotton club diverse as you can get (laughs) yeah also yeah so the new characters it's it's newt's commander there's supposed to be some chubby guy who's a nomad a non-magic user the american version of the muggles um he works in a factory and there's two sisters who are magic users and that's kind of like the four main characters um man you know i we we we've talked on this podcast this very podcast about how um you know, I, my love of Harry Potter burned bright and, you know, there was a moment in bright, time yeah. when it w- meant the world to me and how those that moment has passed. That love that love was strong, but it's, it, it lasted as long as the books did. And that's that what it, that's what it took to feed me, because I wasn't I'm not terribly interested, per se, in the world, though I do enjoy that. What drew yeah. me most to those books were those characters and those people and those relationships. And if they're going to get me back in a goddamn Harry Potter, the way you do it is with deco Harry Potter. That's the goddamn way you do it. I'm mad. Yeah, specifically I'm mad. because I guess um, the, minist- the American version of the Ministry of Magic is like the United States Congress of Magic Users or something like that. Their headquarters is located inside the Woolworths building in New York, and the inside is supposed to be like this huge cathedral of sunlight and like golden phoenixes and art deco stuff. It sounds really cool. There's a couple photo excerpts in the Entertainment Weekly article. Yeah, the movie looks really cool. Um, Yeah, we'll see what happens. Who knows? This movie doesn't come out for God knows how long, but... If there's anything that would drive me to a Harry Potter roleplay message board, it would be, who are you going to be a 20s wizard? Who are you going to be, Annie? Are you going to be an American 20s wizard? Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. There's going to be so many kind of confused steampunk people trying to, like, do this Harry Potter 1920s, like, 1920s kind of steampunk thing where they don't really get the aesthetic, but, like, the hot topic version of 1920s. Um, Oh, speaking of the 20s... Here's my organic segment. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was hoping, okay, I wanted to make sure we didn't talk. Okay, yeah. 100% organic and not at all forced because (laughs) it was actually an organic segue 24 hours ago, and now I'm forcing it because that would be terrible. This is organic. This last weekend, one thing I neglected to mention in our uh, prior bits of our recording, that I uh, I actually caught a movie this weekend. Um, Some dear friends of mine showed me. Babyface, which is a movie that was made in 1929 with a young Barbara Stanwyck that was fascinating. It was filmed pre-Hayes Code, and it feels it. It's a really interesting movie. It's really you interesting say, it's like to watch 1929? Yeah, 1929. Yeah. The uh, original cut was lost to time because they re-edited it for release in a post-Hayes Code world, hmm. and it was only caught, it was only found again within, like, the last ten years. I've never heard of this. Released it. Also, for a moment, I thought you were talking about baby cakes from the, uh, the cartoon. <laughs> hey. Yes. Of Brad Neely fame, which would be arguably a better segue, given the Harry Potter connection um, there. Hmm. But, no, Babyface, highly recommended to any of our listeners. Barbara Stanwyck is a dynamo to begin with, but Babyface is a movie about a young woman who named Lily Powers, who lives in um, Erie, Pittsburgh, in a coal mining town. She works with her father in the bar, and is pretty transparently used by the men there for their pleasures and delight, but she is a pretty strong-willed person. Oh, ever since she's 14, I'm just looking up the, uh, she, she, yeah, oof. She doesn't take any shit from anybody. And there's this one gentleman in town who's a professor who introduces her to the works of Nietzsche, like you do. (sighs) 
and uh, basically tells her, it's like, here's the thing, kid. You do have power over men, and you should use it. You should not be anyone else's slave. You should be the master. So she's like, aha, yes, and goes to the big city, New York City, in fact, and proceeds to sleep her way to the top huh. and transparently use these use people in order to gain power and gain wealth until she finally um, peaks and, and hits the top, has some misadventure. It, it, it's a fascinating movie to watch because had this movie been made today – it would have been very moralistic. It would have been, like, very looking down upon her. Yeah, because the Hayes Code only kicked her. in, like, just a year or two after this. Like, this is... People well, what's for, as- Yeah, people forget... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. What's astonishing is that by the end of the movie, like, she learns the error of her ways, but she n- does not regret what she has done, per se. She does not, like, give up, like... Like she still she still has done everything she has. She just realizes that love is worth something in a way that using people is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's astonishingly mm. fair. And uh, to be fair, a lot of this even handedness can be laid at the feet of Barbara Stanwyck's performance because you really empathize with her, even as she's a terrible human. Yeah. But um, what's really fascinating is that so the movie is finished. The Hays Code comes out. They hastily edit the movie. Oh, so that instead of telling her about Nietzsche, the professor is reading f- to her from the Bible, because of course he is, and says to her, like, there is a wrong way to do things, and there is a right way to do things, and you must always do the right way. And instead, now the edit is like her going, the wrong way, eh? And the end of the movie is her, everything turns to ash in her mouth, and because of her life of sin, she winds up going back to Erie. Yeah, on Wikipedia, there's a poverty. great excerpt uh, comparing the original... Uh, like kind of like the 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 the, the, the speech he gets about Nietzsche from this guy to what wound up in the finished film, and yeah, yeah it really is like the original version is just saying, go out there, fuck men, use your power as much as you can, you know, you gotta you know take the reins, seize the day, all that shit, and in the yeah the finished version really is just like you must use. You you can do stuff, but don't 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 use don't don't manipulate anyone too much. Yeah. It's like yeah, be clean, be strong, be defiant, and you will be a success. But it's very much like saying yeah. that there's a right way and a wrong way to do this. But pick the right way, be moral, like use your power. But yeah, it's oh wow, that's that's really. Yeah. What's really interesting is that you know as, as much as she is not a good person, you get the feeling like from right off that this is a not a good world that she's in and that she, there is no happy ending for her. And the only way she will not die destitute and alone is by doing what she does. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a really, really good movie. I really enjoyed it. And honestly, there's some really good cinematography in it. Um, uh, the editing is very snappy for being almost yeah, 100 baby years face. old. Huh, yeah. And it features a a young John Wayne, briefly. She is one of the men he cl- she clambers over <laughs> on the way to the top. How old is John Wayne, for Christ's uh, sakes? Apparently, this is like one of his first Damn. movies. Yeah, so, okay, so, so this is up. 1933, which is like a year or two after like Dracula and Frankenstein. And just a couple years after, like really kind of like the, the, the pervasive, I mean, before, uh, just a couple years after like sound film became a thing. Yeah, there's a very narrow window between like the jazz singer and when the, when the Hayes Code kicked in. Uh, oh man, that's 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 really interesting. It sucks that this movie, if it had just come out just a couple months, maybe even earlier, could have been could have been released unneutered and would have been a hell of a thing. Yeah. I mean, it still sounds like a hell of a thing, but it's weird that like it got squished right between 
being where where it could have existed in its fullest potential and being cut down by all the the, yeah. the censorship that because everyone re- everyone thinks of old black and white movies as being super yeah. chased and cheesy and you forget there was a small window there at the dawn of si- uh, of sound film where shit could get a little rambunctious um uh, for Halloween, yeah, it, I was watching a bunch of Universal horror movies, and on the Universal horror movie box that I have, um, there's a lot of talk about that with the uh, the 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 original Mummy movie starring uh, Boris Karloff, about how the main lady uh, the main lady in that movie she gets to run around, she gets to show her belly button, she's showing a lot of skin in that thing, in ways that you wouldn't be able to show just a couple years ago because of this Hayes Office code. Um, yeah, yeah, this I'd I totally can't run roughshod over you. <laughs> That's fine. I love you. Tell me about this movie you haven't seen. That's fine. No, I'm being a dick. I know. It's this this movie is a hell of a thing and it makes it makes me really grateful that someone found on the shelf at the Library of Congress this un this unedited version of this film because it's Oh, so you didn't get to see the unedited version. No, I did. I'm saying it was only discovered in like 2005. Oh, I see. Yeah, no. According to Wikipedia, it was found in yeah 2004. Oh yeah, shit! Okay, me, super cool. Oh, okay. I thought it. I thought you were saying it was permanently edited and no one. Oh shit! Okay. Well, see, that was the thing. It, for a long time, it was like the version that was in theaters was this one that was that was for like, like almost a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I can't recommend it highly enough. Go go watch yourself a baby face. That's crazy. Okay, some good shit. Baby so anyway, that was my divergence under Geek Week in Review, which really believe it or not, cool. we are having. Uh, Bill, did you know that Melissa Matheson passed away this week? Yeah, super bummer. She was pretty young. Uh, Melissa Matheson, she was, uh, she wasn't super prof- pr- uh, prolific, but she was involved in some of the biggest movies of all time. She wrote uh, the script for E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Uh, she wrote That's The crazy. Black Stallion. Um, and her most, uh, she did, she wrote the screenplay for the English translation of Ponyo. Uh, and her uh, latest thing, she just literally just finished the screenplay for uh, Spielberg's version of the BFG, the Roald Dahl hmm. uh, giant book. And yeah, she just died of cancer just earlier this week. And um, oh, that sucks. And it kind of sucks because I mean, she was a great writer in her own right, but because she was married to Harrison Ford for twenty years, <laughs> that that was kind of the big story. It's like ex-wife of Harrison Ford now dead. Um, which, granted, like I said, she didn't write a ton, but what she wrote was pretty. Influential. She wrote like you know, she wrote the ET, which was like the biggest hit film for like a decade and a half there. Um, yeah. And so, from all everything I've ever heard about her, everyone said she was a super sweetheart and very nice lady and super cool. And there's a reason why Harrison Ford married her. Not quite sure why they yeah. broke up, but I don't know. You know what? She must have had good taste because she she got off that Harrison Ford train right before the pot smoking and earring phase. So I got to side with Melissa Matheson on that one. I don't know what happened between those two, but she had the good sense to go, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to you you go that way, Harrison. I'll go this way. So, uh, but yeah. This week, Zoe Quinn announced not only that she has a book deal, but that that unpublished book has been optioned to be a feature film. Mm-hmm. And sounds like Scarlett Johansson wants to play her in the movie. Man, that's crazy. Uh, this is all just worth it. Who knows if the movie's ever going to come out. The book sounds like it's scheduled to come out sometime next uh, fall. But it's just worth it for all the Gamergate tears. <laughs> it's, I don't want to be that say, petty. But how do you make Gorbergort? Like compelling, yeah, and of course you, I've, you like you already got Gamergate going out there, being all like, "Well, we've like she, well, we've we've driven her, we've driven her out of video games and into now she has to run to Hollywood to like, 
get like to she's falling back she's she's losing the fight we're winning and like no you know you uh-huh. have no fucking idea yeah you know what that's what we think of everyone who has a movie deal yeah Those well it is unfortunate like a lot of the news coming out of this is not about zoe quinn is as much as they're just calling this the gamergate movie oh um, sure it would be funny if it actually is that it has nothing to do with gamergate it's just about her just talking about stuff and it just turns into a movie just like zoe quinn action girl dun, dun, dun. well it'll um, be interesting to have a movie that's about the landscape of harassment that women will live in online we'll right see now. i'll that's... be curious to see how they dr- dramatize that and stuff i mean how do you yeah especially dude it's juicy shit with all an insane ex like, no but dramatizing streets. stuff that takes place mostly online though do you that have like well you know what well i i vaguely remember us you and i sitting in these spots my friend not too long ago going how can you make facebook a movie i don't understand well, you, know, you kind of make up a lot of stuff a little bit ah well, i'll say what um, a dramatization of events making up things that you know never happened before depending Hollywood. on who they're talking to about this movie though they're gonna have some directors like what if they go into the computer and she has to fight gamergate and it's scarlett johansson and she's in black leather again and she's doing karate against gamergate and gamergate Bill. is a bunch of hackers that look like you know matrix I don't know. I could see Hollywood could also bundle this up, but the perfect twist to all this, yeah, is that Adam Baldwin is offered a role in this and takes it because his career is dying, and then turns does a one eighty on everything he's ever done. That would be the perfect. (laughs) I forgot Adam Baldwin exists, even in terms of the GamerGate thing. Like he was, he I get what isn't he technically the guy who coined the term GamerGate? He was the first man to say Gorbagort. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I I forgot he was even involved in any of this. Jesus Christ! What I'm a, sure he has too. What a schmuck! But, but yeah, Zoe anyway, Quinn can't. again, in keeping with Zoe Quinn, we're not talking about Zoe Quinn. We're talking about everything around Zoe Quinn. Um, I can't wait until my mom once again calls me and asks me about this whole online harassment situation what? and if I'm okay. They gotta I'm get real forward to that. Who's was it? Dennis from Thirty Rock, the the pager selling boyfriend. He needs to play yeah. Zoe Quinn's ex boyfriend. <laughs> like you can you can you can commentate so much on this whole situation just by casting alone. Like imagine like the people they they, they could hire to play like Gamergate or uh, played like 4chan and oh my god you could have a fucking field day with this. Man, if they got, like, shit. Who do you get to make this movie? Who do you get to make this movie? It's got to be someone who... So, basically, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a story of uh, violation and, like, a breaking of privacy and... I hate to say um, it, my choice would be whoever made Josie and the Pussycats. Not to make it into a, a comedy. Really, uh-huh. But, like, a skewing of the whole situation. Not that Zoe Quinn needs to be <sighs> skewed. But, like, I just imagine Gamergate as being portrayed by, as, like, du jour. Just completely pathetic. See, like, it, it is so hard for me to think of this as a joke. I'm not even thinking about it as a joke, but just... I, it's be, hard for me to take Gamergate seriously. That's the thing. I'm Like, you want to take the Zoe Quinn story part of it seriously. I, see, that's but, the thing. It is really hard for me to think of the harassment of women on the internet as a joke. And how do you... Like, yeah, it's but just, like, it'll be interesting to see how somebody tries to dramatize... I just hope this doesn't turn into a bad Lifetime tv movie kind of thing where it's just like zoe quinn the blah 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 blah, blah. i'll be honest with you the best thing that could have happened in this whole situation is that zoe quinn gets money to do the kind of good that she's been yeah doing i mean kind of ideally yeah she time, just so. gets paid for the money uh paid for the book and for the optioning from hollywood and maybe the movie doesn't get made just because the chance of the movie could still be very terrible i'm glad that she's this this shit's happening to her but like yeah i don't know we'll see 
Um, Bill, did you know that the National Fraternal Order of Police is threatening Tarantino with a quote-unquote surprise after he came out in support of Black Lives Matter? Yeah, it sucks that, again, I hate to... uh, you know, I actually wanted to tell you to take this out because this isn't actually interesting and I don't think we should give them any power by talking about it. Okay. It's, it's, I, we, and also we lose the interesting when, when I, when I had explained this was happening to you yesterday, the first time we recorded this, that was way more interesting than actually talking about it. Where you're like, really? What the hell's going on here? Um, but yeah. So. Also, genuinely, I think some assholes shouldn't get a platform. So, it's hey guys, not, well, some it's not assholes like right. it's just, I just, I just wanted to mention just again how fucking petty this is. I mean, it's the fucking, it's the official union of police and all their, they're wasting all this time and energy trying to threaten like a private civilian with a quote unquote, I don't know, yeah. Anyway, so what, what up? Yeah, it's just, it's one of those situations where it's like, uh, they're trying to start a boycott, but put it in the most threatening terms yeah, possible. Yeah, like, that is the weird thing to be like, kind because of like, kind of dare almost speak out against like, police brutality. Yeah, almost like insinuating physical harm, which they, they're kind of proving the point everyone's making about them. It's just like yeah. the lack of self-awareness there. Anyway, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, did you know that SeaWorld announced that it's ending killer whale shows in its San Diego park next spring in favor of a, quote, new orca experience with a strong conservational message, unquote, goes to show that just one documentary, what, excuse me, goes to show what, what just one documentary can do to a big company. Oh my God, Annie, I'm being struck by waves. I, I don't remember us talking about this before. Ooh, I, I I think our temporal distortion is, is, is calming down a little bit. We actually um, didn't talk about this before. Is that the joke you're making? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. This little bit of news that just broke today. And again, it's not really super interesting, excited the fact that it's a documentary. No, that's pretty, that's pretty monumental. Did you see the documentary? No. <laughs> it's it's not good. There's a reason I like why SeaWorld's now much. having to come out and say, yeah, maybe we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, especially because there's a whole part where, like, the, 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 they have to catch the, the, the fish have to catch lawn darts and things go bad. It's just, you don't oh, even God. see that. Yeah, it's just messed up. Poor killer whales. Um, but yeah, no, especially uh, San Diego is their biggest park. And for them to come out and yeah. say, this is the home of Shamu, this is where the whole thing started. Uh, now I kind of I kind of wonder what they're gonna do now because they still say they they're gonna have orcas, but I don't know. We'll see what we'll we'll see how they try to skew this. But that's really interesting, and especially because SeaWorld's been trying to play this off like, oh, that documentary, it's not doing anything us uh, to us. No one's watching that anyway. Who cares? They've been tr- like their public face of this has been very much like, oh, they're yeah, we're fine. This we're not worried about this at all. Yeah. And now. Their investors have been kicking and screaming about this for like yeah. two years now because they keep on the attendance at the parks keep on plummeting. If they keep on going without changing anything, no one's going to be in the park in a year. So it's got to be weird when your whole business model is kind of politically incorrect. Yeah, like, that's kind of what. Like, how do you fix this? There's no fixing this. Um, It'd be like a you... Disney theme park where 99% blackface. It's like, what do you do? Or if like it was like chimps forced to dress like the disney characters and had shock collars who got shocked if they weren't Seriously. happy enough like it's like i it's it's reprehensible and it needs to end but also i feel like as someone within that what do you do to reform that i mean do you just turn sea world into a zoo i mean really you just shut it zoos down. are kind of fucked like, up but at least you don't yeah. put like the animals like force them to like learn tricks and make them you know you don't have these big shows 
where yeah. I, don't know, I don't know and it's not so much that like the problems like that that are uncovered in the documentary about what the hell what the, was it called blackfish was that the name yeah. of the documentary yeah. oh it wasn't even so much like oh my god the terrible things they have to do to train these doll uh train these uh killer whales it's just the fact that these killer whales don't belong in captivity so yeah Unless you just ditch the killer whales altogether, which who knows, maybe technically that's what they're doing, because all they're saying is it's a new orca experience. Um, I don't know. <laughs> they just put up a big picture of Shamu and have people like, what do you do? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So. Oh, speaking of which, this is this is neither here nor there. Uh, Disney is officially putting out the casting call for Star Wars extras for its Star Wars expansion of its theme parks. Just throwing that out there. Oh, yeah? Uh, on the uh, Star Wars spoiler Bill, are you going to go try and be a hut, a full-time hut? Oh, that'd be so easy. Oh, that'd be so great. <laughs> I won't have to put on pants. You get slave you just, girl you people sit walking on a around. Shay's lounge all day. Oh yeah, <laughs> I could just like eat food without having to worry to, like b- about putting it fully in my mouth. That's essentially <laughs> me going to be on Fallout Day. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, Bill, you've described the next week of my life <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Jimmy and Conley were especially joking about how like as Jimmy and Conley are beautiful people, but they were talking about as normies though, as normal people. That's their closest chance to actually getting a job working at Disneyland as, like, the face talent would be at, like, a Star Wars park because they would be looking for kind of goofy-looking people. Um, granted, they look too normal. I, could probably... I was going to say, Jimmy and Conley are not weird enough looking to yeah. get a job as a Whereas as me, a I probably could actually get a job as, like, some, some kind of six-titted fat man who shoots juice out of his tits or something like that, like at the cantina or something. Um, actually, you could just pay me blue. I'd be a pretty good Max Rebo. He's the blue elephant guy who plays keyboard at Jabba's Palace. Uh, you could be a Sarlacc pit operator. Oh. Wait. What's the name you- of... The- Wait, no, no, not Sarlacc pit. What's the fucking... Uh, <laughs> I what does Jabba's... I mean, Job, the, the creature that's in Jabba's pit. Oh, Rancor Keeper. Yeah. You, you'd be a good Rancor Keeper. Because for a moment there, I thought you were suggesting I could actually be the Sarlacc and they just hang me upside down and take my pants <laughs> off and just have my, just throw action okay. figures into my hey, butt. Okay, everybody, did you know that Disney <laughs> is rumored uh, to be retiring Slave Leia from most future Star oh, Wars Oh, speaking of Slave device. Leia. Oh, that's right. This part where I pretend I hate Slave Leia. Oh, no. God, I'd never want to see Slave Lee again for the rest of my life. This is it's, a bomb. It's the part of the show where you pretend that that wasn't a moment of sexual awakening for Tiny Bill Mudrin. I know, exactly. Yeah, I, I am not allowed to come out and be like, oh, Slave Lee, I never jerked off to that anyway. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you jerk off when you're eight, nothing I comes out. I only jerked off to, uh, to Leia dressed as that uh, weird alien face bounty hunter. So Yeah, you no, know. you know, that's the unfortunate thing because Star Wars being an action movie... You'd think they would have at least a poster or two dressed up, like, kind of, like, doing more action stuff. That's the unfortunate, like, man, because we did go into this at length yesterday. Um, So, what happened was, J. Scott Campbell, what's his name? Is that the comic artist guy? You got it. Um, He was asked why, I think he had drawn some kind of Star Wars poster. I think it was specifically Return of the Jedi themed or something like that. And the Leia he drew for the poster wasn't Slave Leia, uh, Slave Leia's Leia. And so someone on Twitter was like, well, that's weird. <laughs> Which this kind of speaks as to why they're probably getting rid of Slave, uh, Slave Leia uh-huh. altogether. Was the absence of Slave Leia on a Return of the Jedi poster raising questions is probably like... Because 
slave, that slave gear isn't the only thing she wears in that movie. So anyway, he came out and said, no, actually, the, the, the missive has come down from Disney saying that they're pulling back on Slave Leia stuff on future merchandise. And some other artists came out and said they heard the same thing. Uh, it still remains to be seen if they're completely just kind of like retiring Slave Leia altogether. Or if they're just kind of sure. pulling back a bit. Um, which they probably should be because, again, nine times out of ten, if there's any kind of Sle Princess Leia stuff uh, in any kind of merchandise, it's usually Slave Leia. Sometimes it's, you know, Leia in the white uh, gown with, like, the crazy hairdo from the first movie, the cinnamon buns on her hair. But usually it's her half-naked with a fucking collar around her neck. And, of course, some people are getting upset because people, some dipshits are uh, complaining that this is, like, the first move of Disney to Disney-fied, you know, Star Wars, because sure. this is what you think Disney would do, is, like, trying to tamp down the sexual aspects. And it sounds like, no, it's just really just trying to, like, not lean so hard on the slave Leia thing. It's, there's more to that character yeah. other than the fact that she got fucking buck naked for, for 20 minutes in one of the movies, so... Um, to quote the new Prime Minister Trudeau, it's 2015. Yeah, seriously. And well, this you'd, you'd think for the hardcore Star Wars fans, this is also a boon too, because all the Slave Leia toys that you have just are going to shoot up in value <laughs> if this turns out to be true. If not, then you still get your Slave Leia. But who gives a shit? It's fucking. You know who I want to see as Slave Leia? Magic Mike. <laughs> Bill, I think Channing Tatum would be down with that. You should send an email. Yeah, you would just have like, like I guess you wouldn't need the top. Bill, Bill, who would be the Han Solo to Channing Tatum's uh, Slave Leia? Who would make it good? Yeah, who would like, especially in the Magic Mike universe. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I can kind of see that. Um, have you man. seen Anna Kendrick's? Did you see how Anna Kendrick has sold out for the Star Wars Battlefront? ads have you seen this you just broke up there but i if you knew if you're talking about what i think you're talking about yeah that slightly alarming commercial where everyone gets naked <laughs> well were they all beamed out of their clothes the i didn't get so so you saw that commercial right Mm-hmm. yeah for a moment there it took me a moment to realize that everyone's like dying enjoying the force i guess yeah yeah it took because me a while too first... to catch all that Cause I'm like, are people being teleported out of their clothing? So it's yeah, it's just, I, I forgot Battlefront comes out a week from tomorrow too. Um, so this is like kind of like the big launch commercial for the game, and it's like a it's like a two minute long commercial, and the whole first minute of the commercial is people just doing their going about their normal lives, and suddenly they disappear out of their clothing and just leave their clothing behind, dirty undies and all, presumably kind of a horrifying. thing thought if you think about it the dead been raptured it's what's gonna happen to me in fallout there's just gonna be a <laughs> cloud of dust where i once was <laughs> um and so that you see after a minute of people being teleported is essentially they're being obi-wan kenobi where they have become Im immaterial and how they've now become more powerful and have joined the force and in, in in battlefield um so yeah and then the last thing you see it's anna kendrick she's like making a sandwich in her nighty and, and, and bathrobe, and suddenly she just joins the force, and she's turned, like, she, she's suddenly transported in the middle of battlefield, and she's, like, shooting Darth Vader in the face or something like that. It's cute. Weird. It's just, it, you know what, it, it's a bad commercial, and it's not 
it's a weird partnership, but it's kind of great to see the face, like the one known face in this shooter is is a dame. Fucking a Anna Kendrick dame, too, because she's nerdy enough too. It's not like she's like, not to say a girl can't pretend to like Star Wars for a commercial, but like, it's you're <laughs> actually playing Battlefield. I don't know if she plays video games, but like Anna Kendrick's fucking hilarious. Um, Ben, you were the one telling me that she was dating Edgar Wright forever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. not to say that she's validated being in a Star Wars commercial <laughs> because she dated... Bill, Bill, I can't make fun of you because I was thinking the same thing. I was just thinking she dated Edgar Wright. She likes a Star Wars. Well, she has, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, she got new cred. But yeah, Anna Kendrick's still one of the funniest Twitters out there, too. Um, man, if they had Natalie Morales... Oh, man. There's Bill some, would never like, leave his bed. Not even from it. a hot perspective, but... Oh, man, did you see... Ashley Birch just watched edge of tomorrow for the first time this week and her tweets about uh wait so have you seen have you still not seen edge of tomorrow no i have we've talked about it on this podcast okay her she, she just had a sexual awakening with emily blunt in that movie which is really <laughs> funny to see on twitter it's funny you should bring it up because i was just talking to someone about edge of tomorrow because uh friend of the podcast sid was talking about how kind of distasteful it is that fallout 4 is coming out right on the around Remembrance Day, which is the Canadian holiday and remembrance of the sacrifices of those we lost in World War One, And I was thinking, why, why is that not as tacky. Because it's a giant, it's the the preeminent war holiday. Like, that's that's when they remember their, their the, the dead well, lost in war. I guess the game is predicated and take place in the apocalypse anyway, after World War Three. They, they, it reminded me that they released Edge of Tomorrow on D-Day. Did they? To which they may go to hell forever. <laughs> I really like that movie, but that is crass as fuck. To be fair, most people from nope. World War II are sheepies nope. now. Nope. Um, go to hell. Did they actually crass put that on D-Day? Uh-huh. Yeah, because there is a whole beach yeah. landing in that movie and everything, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, okay. Hey, friends, did you know that there was a lost 87-year-old Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoon found at the British Film Institute? Bill notes... The BFI needs to clean their room more often. Yeah, so what happened was somebody who works at the BFI was watching a YouTube video about lost silent film cartoons. And one of them was about, one of the things mentioned was like this lost Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoon, which is, I guess, about skiing in the snow or something like that. And he was like, oh, hey, we got that. That's on the shelf, like two aisles over from where I'm sitting. I should go tell these people that, no, it's not lost. We have it. We just haven't cataloged it yet we haven't told anybody about it yet so yeah they came out and said oh yeah here's this lost bit of disney paraphernalia it's yeah so um it's crazy to think of these things like for example like with baby face like these these things that were culturally not insignificant that are pretty much almost lost to time except except someone finds them on a shelf yeah well that's true that's a good point that really does tie, tie into the baby face thing um, it makes you wonder, like, what what the hell else is out there just waiting for someone to find it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, assuming that, like, these libraries and shit and card catalogs and stuff don't get shut down. Also, uh, this Oswald cartoon, surprisingly erotic. Surprisingly, <laughs> Oswald's just steamy. Fucking yeah, hey. it's, uh, you know, he's, he's really skiing. He's really working those poles. He sings yeah. a fucking... God, why did like, I start old- this joke with you? He sings win. an old-timey version of Cookie. This is a nuclear battle. I'm going to break your back Friends. like a lobster back tail. Did what you the know? hell? 
pals, buddies, loved ones, did, were you aware that this was the 200th episode 200. of the Boy Hattie Podcast that you just listened to? 200 episodes. If we estimate that every episode is about two to three hours, which is not unreasonable, that yeah. is a shit ton of hours you have spent listening to. That is about 400 hours, which is about the average length of a Fallout 4 playthrough. So technically, if you wanted to <laughs> l- listen to our entire archives during your Fallout 4 adventure, go ahead. Just don't listen to the radio. Just throw us on there. Um, the pals, thank you so much. Bill and I are greatly blessed by having, uh, frankly, a, a small audience, but a kind one and a fascinating one. I can't think of many other creators who are able to say with some confidence, I've met 10 to 20% of our consumers, and they've all been swell people. Oh, yeah. No, everyone everyone we've, we've, we've come into contact with as a result of us doing this podcast has been fantastic and yeah we don't have a lot of listeners but this podcast has been totally justified and just just getting in touch with you guys like fucking yeah yeah you like sh- yeah. should we try to rattle off the list of everyone like well oh, God, i was okay. gonna say thank y'all thank y'all so much because really like the the number one reason why i do this podcast is just to make time to to make sure i get to see my friend bill every week and to, to get to chat with him and catch up with him but it means so much that it, by just keeping by having this like this 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 standing this touchstone for our friendship that it's developed other friendships some really rich friendships with people all over the world with listeners who have been kind enough to let us into their lives even just a little bit and it's been really really gratifying and i'm so so grateful that you put up with our horse shit almost every week for 200 we had someone come over from england and like make scones for us because of this podcast Fucking... Yeah, so well, let's 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 rattle off the names of a few. Let's, yes, as let's the, well, yeah. Let, let's to... address the peanut gallery directly. Um, yeah, thank you, Max Maxwell Motley, for listening to our podcast and coming to our land to hang out with us. Uh, Jacob, Hannah, Hannah sent us a shitload of candy and tea from <laughs> Australia. Yeah, thank you, Hannah Groff, for that. Thank you to my dear friend Ainsley, who was a pal from from small times that i got reacquainted with thanks to the boy hattie podcast uh phil theobald who he listens even though he doesn't talk to us too much directly but he's always wisecracking to me after he listens to episodes on twitter um uh, two of my dearest friends in the world uh brian and jacinia i met through this podcast jacinia that, that is a name a thousand years that is a she's a badass name. superhero too. maybe that'll be uh, who i name out. my fallout character just <laughs> shout out dude she's a superhero you could do you could certainly not do a lot better than just yeah. Uh, shout out to my dear internet child Sid, the the apple of my eye. To I can't. Did she believe meet you through this podcast, or did you guys? They, know? they did. They did meet me through this podcast, and Sid, Sid friendship with Sid is one of is one of the true pleasures. Sid's smarter than I am, and I'm really shocked that she actually like tuned in and listened in long enough to actually strike up a friendship with you. Um, they sure did. I'm, yeah, just everybody. Like, if, if if we happen to be forgetting anybody, it's because time travel fucks you up. <laughs> yeah, please know that it is not a lack of genuine emotion. And to all of our friends, feel free to reach out to us. In all honesty, pals, feel free to reach out to us at Boyhattie Podcast. Podcast, uh, uh, or even howdy at boyhattypodcast.org just so that we can say thank you for listening. A and dear, dear, beloved listener, Mira by Night. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, Mira by Night. Yeah, what am I talking about? She's a pillar in our community. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> really, having y'all reach out to us and let us know that you're listening means the world. And I still owe two thirds of you guys that we just mentioned uh, 
sixth gun books from our contest from <laughs> two years ago. I have them. They're still sitting in my... I'm looking at them right now. I just have them put them in the mail. Bill, yet. and I'm sure 200 episodes from now, you will see the exact same thing. So let's just save that recording okay. and reuse it. I can't let the 200... I can't let the 300th episode pass without having to finally mail those fucking things out. I have to get... I, I don't even know what... Like, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. Pals, this was, as always, the Boy Hattie Podcast. We're at Boy Hattie Podcast on Twitter. Hattie at BoyHattiePodcast.com is our website. BoyHattiePodcast.com is our website in general. This is our 200th episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend your time, to spend your precious hours with us. We love you all. Yeah, we'll see you guys in the wasteland. I'm be- yeah, exactly. I'm being schmaltzy and affectionate because uh, tomorrow I'm getting Fallout and you will all be dead to me. <laughs> um, and actually, speaking of which, UPS just emailed me directly to tell me that my uh, Fallout uh, package has been bumped up to officially tomorrow. <laughs> Fucking... <laughs> Oh my, the thunderclaps. <laughs> did you see Griffin McElroy did a video? So I didn't realize. I haven't watched any of this. I don't want to know anything. Well, no, no I guess the, I, this was in the original release trailer, right? That like your your butler robot has been programmed with over a thousand names. Yeah. So depending yeah. on your character name, he can actually like voiced directly address you. Like if you type in Bob, he'll say, hello, Bob. And so, uh, Griffin McElroy just put in, like, he just tried to test that to see what names are in there. So there are some names in there you wouldn't expect would be in there, and some, like, Barbara is not in there, but, like, Boobies is? So, like... (laughs) Dude, to be fair, Boobies is much more statistically likely than Barbara is. (laughs) So, you might want to check that out, just to see, what did you say you're gonna name your character? Rosa, Rosa Estevez. I would assume Rosa's gonna be in there. Yeah, I know Mike's gonna be in there if I decide to do the Mike Lane thing, but... Oh no! I'm just saying you might want to double check that in case you want like something really, <laughs> yeah, like fuckface or something like that. You might want to change. Oh man, tomorrow. Oh my god, next week's podcast is gonna be fucking. <gasps> we need to stop talking so I can go hyperventilate about Fallout Four. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. 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 Choo choo. They have things like the autumn bomb. So I think I'll stay where I am. Civilization. I'll stay.